0: Hey there, just wanted to let you know that we're going to be covering Team Fortress 2 for the fifth anniversary episode of Watch Out for Fireballs. That's right, after we finish up the Fantasy Star Saga, uh, we're going to be rolling right into that. And we would love to play Team Fortress 2 with you. Uh, we have a server set up, we have a Discord server set up, all of that go to um, uh, duckfeed.tv slash tf2 to get all the relevant details and uh we're looking forward to uh to seeing you that uh, that again is uh, duckfeed.tv slash tf2 ah, i just don't think it's gonna work as a podcast i knew you'd say that man sue me i don't think that a serialized story about cats who are also wizards is very good all right you have never supported star paws dude i'm, I'm not trying to be a dick i just think it's gonna be a fiasco what'd you say In a world where every F has been replaced by a PH, two men must struggle on, writing wrongs, having adventures, skinning knees and spelling bees. It's time for The F Factor. Hurry, Cole. I'm going as fast as I can. no. No, it's happening. I can't help it. I can't help it, man. I can... I can't tell. in my body.
1: <laughs> oh. Me too. It's like I'm being forced. Mm. Uh, I'm being made to use the pH sound.
0: The F Factor.
1: We've made it to the reunion concert just in time.
0: No, oh, we haven't, Gary. We're, we're too late. No! no! Oh! The F Factor.
1: I'll just test the pH level
0: on this water here. <laughs> oh, no, you don't, you cock. Ah. Yeah, you don't. Fuck. Oh, oh, no. What'd you no. do, no. Gary? No! no. The F Factor. Coming to fall. 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 Uh, oh, wait. No. God damn it. <laughs>
1: Butterfield. My name is
0: Cole Ross, and you're listening to Watch Out for Fireballs. It is a retro games podcast. Yes, and this week we are talking about Fantasy Star 4, sometimes subtitled the end of the millennium, which is a JRPG developed and published by Sega for the Genesis in 1995. Although uh, that's just the American release. It was actually released in Japan in
1: 1993. Yeah, it's a summer JRPG. Yeah. Oh, and
0: Gary. First time we've covered uh, anything with the Fantasy
1: Star name. I know, right? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's weird uh, because, you know, mostly uh, most of the people our age, we know JRPGs that were featured on Nintendo. Yeah. So your chronos triggers and mm-hmm. your Fantasy's final. Um, <laughs> but this is a series that was super important in this kind of separate distinct line of evolution uh,
0: for games. Yeah. Like Sick
1: of kids had fantasy star.
0: <laughs> yes, they did. And they, if our uh, extra responses are uh, to be believed, they are very uh, affectionate for it.
1: Oh, like I, I am too. Yeah. Like this is, this is going to be people who are waiting for me to hate things. Like I, I really like fantasy star four. Um, I don't like JRPGs in general. I think still like it, it is there were a couple many times during this. I'm like, what a bad fucking genre this is. Uh, but I think this is a really, this is a good, good version of the, that kind of flawed idea. Yeah.
0: Like I like this game a lot. Yeah. Um so you play as this uh, party of scrappy young warriors mages and androids uh exploring this algo solar system uh to stop these various disasters and thwart this evil force uh that threatens all life in the universe. I mean, you've heard this story before, right?
1: Yes, yeah. The plotting is not the strong part of this, uh, this No, game. It is not.
2: Um
1: and and final fin- so the way these kind of uh the way that fantasy star kind of made itself distinct. Um you know, Final Fantasy and Dragon Quest uh, are medieval and eventually Final Fantasy starts implementing technology. Mm-hmm. Um, it even starts. It's always, you know, it even started out kind of steampunky in six. Yeah. Um, this uh, fantasy star started far future sci-fi. Right. Like this is a space opera JRPG.
0: Yeah. This is like um, this is like Pern where it's so far into the future that it's almost the past in certain yes. things. Um, and this isn't like new, right like uh might and Magic and also Ultima did some really kind of similar things by mixing cool. uh sci-fi and fantasy kind of stuff uh, but this is new on like console
1: well this I mean this and this doesn't mix in very much fantasy
0: right like like fantasy star is a straight up sci-fi game yeah
1: you know like you visit other planets there are aliens like it is, it is a sci-fi game. Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing that's really fantasy about it is that you use swords, you know, and even the swords are like laser swords a lot of the time. Like, you know, they're they're lightsabers. You, it is a sci-fi mm, uh, right. JRPG, which is kind of cool. Like the same way that people um, are were really into Earthbound because like, oh, it's like a school thing, you know. Mm, right. For a time, like a sci-fi setting like this was as different. Right. You know, when I got into uh, fantasy, Star, I got in the series with number two, that was part of why it was so cool to me. hmm was, as much as I love dragons and swords and everything, I was excited to uh, to
0: see something that was lasers and uh, spaceships. <laughs> yeah, because variety, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's weird to highlight the variety there because that's the theming. But in a lot of ways, this is a really standard JRPG, right? To talk about the moment to moment. Yeah, you're like exploring towns and fighting random battles and making your characters stronger, right?
1: Yes, yeah, it is still very much a JRPG. Like <laughs> JRPGs are kind of defined and, and outliers based on the like the weird little exceptions and there are a couple of cool little wrinkles mm-hmm. uh in this game like neat little little mechanical things that it does, but at the end of the day, if you're playing a JRPG, especially of this vintage, um you're just fighting endless waves of dog <laughs> monsters. Right. Uh, which which is kind of a bummer. Um one of the ways that it is uh that kind of differentiates differentiates itself even though it's very minor is uh the battles are first person um, similar to Dragon Quest or Earthbound, um, except you actually get to see your characters animate and attack.
0: Yep. So you uh, get very familiar with your character's backs, much like it's a third-person yes. shooter.
1: <laughs> yeah, or or like um, you know, a, a, some dungeon crawls kind of look like that, where you can see see your characters uh, from behind. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, there. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, your characters have like uh, two special abilities beyond just like attacking and defending. So you have techniques, which are uh, kind of spells, right? Um, mm-hmm. And uh, those are shared between a lot of them, and you have to kind of learn what they are. Then you also have these, uh, um, you know, uh, skills, which are like abilities that are unique to that character. Uh, techniques uh, drain your TP, which is your uh, your MP in this. Mm-hmm. And skills have uh, it's kind of like a what is it fancy and magic? Fancy magic, yeah, yeah, yeah. They have a specific number of uses uh, between rests that you can that you can take. So like figuring out how to conserve both of those when one of them is a non renewable resource within a dungeon is a uh, is, is is a pre- Pretty, uh, you know, that, like that's a tight line to walk.
1: Well, well, they're both uh, non-renewable resources in a dungeon. Oh shit! Yeah, you're right. Like, y- there's no, there's no ether mm. in this. So the way that this game, like, and we're gonna get into it. Um, the way that I think this game is is good. One of the things I think is good about it is that it is you have to use your like, even though you do spend a lot of time just doing random battles. Like, I ended up using more thought or more special abilities to get through mm-hmm. mob kind of bosses. Yeah. than I do whenever I play like a Final Fantasy or an Earthbound. Right. Um and the reason being is that you have to. Like it's balanced to use these things. Mm-hmm. Um and you're given like the amount that you will need to get through the dungeon.
0: Yeah. It doesn't mm-hmm. punish you for resorting to them. In fact, yes. it rewards you for doing that, that making like, it. Easier. And and
1: mandates yeah. it. Like you I mean I don't know how you would get through this without you <laughs> know your basic attacks are usually fairly underwhelming.
0: Yeah. And uh, like at does. any given time, you know, two-fifths to uh three-fifths of your party are not going to have like basic attacks that do much of anything yes
1: yeah. um and or if they are casters and you uh shield them up right which is another kind of tactic
0: uh, that you, <laughs> yep. do. you go full Symphony of the night and you can just equip two two shields yeah two
1: shields <laughs> on your casters is m- kind of mandatory um <laughs> one of the reasons uh, this game is kind of hard to penetrate if you are familiar with those other Uh, Games, RPGs, is that uh, the spell naming convention, uh, while traditional to the series, um, is bonkers and makes no sense. Um, (laughs) These made up words that they use that all feel like abbreviations of long words that were also made up uh, (laughs) have have no bearing on what happens.
0: How am I supposed to know that D-Ban is my physical barrier spell? It's like a dollar store deodorant. (laughs) Like it, doesn't, like, it doesn't
1: sound like a physical barrier spell at all. Yeah, it
0: protects you from the stench goblins.
1: Yeah, it's It's so bad. So, like, the way to play this is to... I printed out a thing just so mm-hmm. I could have it, like, easy reference. But just yeah. print out a reference that says what everything does. I bet you that was in the manual. Um, this series has always wanted you to play with the manual. Mm-hmm. You know, like, uh, down to the one that I... Number two, which is the game I have the most familiarity with, like, has maps of all the dungeons. Yeah, and the with, dungeons like, and your nightmares. teleport
0: traps and stuff like yeah, that.
1: Exactly. Yeah. And they gave you a map. Like, they mm-hmm. literally said, like, hey, here's how you're supposed to explore this. Um, so you yeah. have to give yourself a reference if you play this game.
0: Yeah. And if you're a series veteran, like, you know that Foy is fire. You know? Exactly. It's just it's not as plain English as something like, you know, uh, Final Fantasy, which will give you, like, fire and then Fyra and then Fyraga. Like, that is easier... You know, like <laughs> to figure out because the root of those spell names are actual, you know, English words.
1: Yes. And yeah. this and these also have a, uh, you know, it becomes like foy and then gif foy and then gif oil, mm-hmm. uh which or is n- the last Not, 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 not foy. Yeah. 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 <laughs> at the at the end. But the uh it, it you still have to know what it does in the beginning. And then the, the status ones are just Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta help you. Like again, and we're we're I don't want to dwell on this too much because it's something that's obviated you know obviated by just like printing something out.
2: Right, it's so right. It's easy yeah. to get
1: around this this drawback, but mm-hmm. it is something that like if you're just picking it, it up and playing it you have to contend with yeah, one layer
0: or other. it's it's a layer of friction and I I really focus on those a lot when yeah. I when, when when I talk about these. And, you know, it should
1: just have tool tips. Like if if
0: you <laughs> hovered over a spell and it told you what it did. Yeah. Like problem solved, and that's a, it's a yeah. th- that's an, an interface problem, really. Yeah, is uh, is is what it is. Because like, I appreciate abbreviations, and I appreciate uh, kind of economy, and, mm-hmm. and you know, and and what's there. Um, but man, oh man, is like the mystery around that, like, you know, like I just, I always cast saner at the beginning of fights whenever I got Rika. Right. But like, mm-hmm. you know, fuck if I knew what saner did. I just knew it yeah. helped. <laughs> it's yeah, it is. Uh, and so we're, we're talking about those status effect spells, uh, and you, you need to use those mm-hmm. both um, both on yourself. Like you're both your buffs and then debuffs for enemies.
1: Yes. Like D We made a lot. Listen, we had a lot of fun about we D-ban. a lot of fun uh, about it- D ban.
0: D-Ban is so good though. It's like the end of a roast.
1: <laughs> Listen, like, we had a lot of things to say about Jeff Ross. Uh, first, he's hard to like look the at. Ro- the roast season. master
0: general. Yeah, the, um, That was weird. That one time he dressed up like Gaddafi, right? <laughs> oh, that was very strange. What? <laughs> what a, a goblin like
1: man. Like what? A, like just like a. He's just got a very like 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 features
0: to him <laughs> he, he, he butted off of the same plant that david tell did
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> like his his face kind of looks like a handful of lunch meat like it kind of dangles in the same way there's this candle quality to, to him
0: <laughs> now we had a lot of fun about d-ban and jeff ross roasted <laughs> <really> um
1: the <laughs> uh so but d-ban is is awesome yeah like it makes a big difference. Like it's mm-hmm. not like in Final Fantasy games, uh, I almost never cast a barrier oh, wow. it unless it's a really hard boss fight because in regular fights, it's not worth it. Like right. the fight will be over before it's necessary. Mm-hmm. Um, here in regular fights, some of those fights are very hard and to succeed, like having D-band set up as part of your macro, which we'll talk about, uh, is very, very useful.
0: Right. No. Yeah. So you want to make sure that you kind of like study this up. Like I you know, I played this when I was on vacation and instead of printing something out, I just had this like uh, uh it on my phone, like in the mm-hmm. like in the quick bar. And so like I would just like pull up the tables of, uh, of techniques and skills and just like study them so I wouldn't have to reference them. But like that knowledge and that vocabulary, it really helps you be effective in fights more yes. so than if you were just kind of like relying on this or treating it like it was kind of a bog standard thing. Um, yes. You mentioned the macro system, and that is really one of your biggest assets here. And I think that this is something that, you know, kind of caught on about a decade and a half later um, after yeah. this. Like, this, this is, is this is such a good idea. And for as much as I have quibbles with this implementation, like, everything should positively have this. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: um, it's, it's very similar to
0: Gambit's in Final Fantasy 12 except without like, um, logic like it's uh, yeah. it's it's kind of like presets like it's a, it's a macro like in Photoshop or like an MMO like it is, you know, a way for you to select your whole party's um, uh, actions at once. Um, so you can actually like set up these little contingencies. Like if you want everybody to do their most effective attack, like you do that. Or if you want to like attack and have somebody heal, like, you know, I had most of my menu filled like every, you know, every time Mm -hmm. I shifted, uh, shifted characters and stuff, uh, with these different things. And so like, I very rarely except in boss fights, um, actually went in and like issued individual commands to different characters because I was making these shortcuts as I went along.
1: Yeah, and it makes the the battles breezy. Yeah. You know, like the battles go by pretty quickly in this. And and part of it is you not making individual choices for everyone.
0: Yeah. And it's something that that can only happen in the style of fight that this does. The uh, um, Earth Brown Dragon Quest kind of style where you issue your entire uh, party's commands um it doesn't work with an
1: active time battle
0: right yeah like Like, yeah yeah and like there's 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 like a little bit of uh like you know brain dance that you have to do with this like you know (laughs) whenever i had a new party composition i had to look at uh, what each character's agility rating was in order to figure out what order i issued that because if you accidentally put your slowest characters um uh command at the start you're going to uh give a whole bunch of free attacks to the enemies
1: yeah and that that not being a 100% transparent Kind of thing is is a huge bummer, even though that is true of pre-active time battle, Final Fantasies too. Right. Like speed is a stat in JRPGs has always been a little bit annoying. Mm-hmm. Um, I want everything to have that uh, that menu option than Final Fantasy Tactics, when you can just pull up the turn order. Oh yeah, or uh, you know, final, final Fantasy Ten.
0: Like final, I'm I'm playing through that on my Vita, and mm-hmm. uh, like like the fact that it just always shows you that in the sidebar is such a gift.
1: Yeah, that, that, that's a really good idea. So having that would be really helpful. But as is, it is very nice to be able to have like. You know, I don't. I didn't end up using all of the bars, but I had four of them at any given time, which was like the uh, the standard one that was everybody attacks, um, kind of a medium, a heavy, and then a defensive suite.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, yeah. You know, of buffs and just being able to <laughs> switch between those four options every fight, I think, was really like pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you, especially once you learn that you don't need to conserve. Your spells and and uh your techniques and skills as mm-hmm. much as maybe you think you do
0: yeah i mean especially because like if you have a dedicated caster they're going to have like five times as much uh tp as you need yeah yeah so they're they're, very generous they're like that. a well-stocked hotel room
1: <laughs> yes yeah, exactly you go, you go you open up his ribs like a mini bar and you pull <laughs> out the cures you need <laughs> can i propose a pitch Take that, item?
0: Raja. <laughs> can i propose a pitch item yeah the uh the treasure chest which is a oh. biological <laughs> modification yeah, <laughs> where you right. put storage in your chest cavity, and it Dude, shifts a, your organs elsewhere. It's a good idea. One hundred percent. Yeah.
1: Um. So we, we were talking about. Uh. I mentioned uh, Raja, or <laughs> or anything like that. Um. There are a lot of party members in this game.
0: Yeah. Um. And they change a lot. Like this is in the Final Fantasy two uh, slash four uh, style of uh, style of game. Yes.
2: Yeah.
1: Um. Where you uh, so depending on where you're at, kind of geographically, people will join you or or leave you. Um. And the game is balanced for having five party members, mm-hmm. um, and it becomes really noticeably crippling when you have less than five. Right. Um, having an a incomplete party was something I always felt. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the reasons why you want to pay attention to who you have in your party is because there are combination attacks. Right. Um, which are, there are tons of them. Um, they're either spells that come together um, or, or skills that come together to do really, really powerful kind of attacks right uh the game when you say it's uh in the notes it says it's poorly explained um i would one up that and say it's not explained whatsoever <laughs> um you're gonna it's it's like um the, the critical or desperation attacks in final
0: fantasy 6 right uh, you're probably going to see one and not really know what it is right it's kind of like oh that's not the command that i issued and why didn't that second spell fire
1: yeah oh, oh instead i did this awesome thing <laughs> Like they're all really good Um, I'm sure, again, I'm sure explains it in the manual, too.
0: Yeah, like it. it, So I haven't read the manual, but like in reading about this, it uh, lists that there are 15 of them, but there are only 14 that show up. Mm. Um, And so like that is uh, like the pigs number uh, three pigs numbered one, two and four. Yeah, okay. <laughs> You know, it's good. It's had yeah. a lot of people looking for that missing one um, and a lot of like game genie investigation. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, like when I found one, like when I saw one fire off, like especially uh, with with like a uh, rune, it seems like is it is at the center of these? You're yeah. uh, you're kind of primary caster guy. Um, whenever I saw one, I like I immediately like went and rearranged macros and created macros so I could get them to fire.
1: Yeah. Yeah, because they're they're universally really great, and they they kind of like they're fun. A lot of times, are elements mic, elements mixing mm-hmm. together. Yeah, of uh, of different techniques uh, and, coming together.
0: And like an analog for this, if you're like trying to picture it, is uh you know sometimes chrono, things that would happen chrono with trigger. Chrono, chrono trigger, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it's like that, except it's a little bit more accidental and there are more of them. Right. You know, more characters can can engage.
0: It's like a, it's a nice bonus that you can take advantage of if you're really observant, as opposed to like a mechanical necessity that requires you to like, you know, compose your party uh, to make them happen that way. Yes, Uh,
1: because there's only one point in the story where you have a choice of party composition. Right. Um, Which I actually really like that. Oh, that's uh, a really good idea. Like that's, uh,
0: that's great. It's a cool, it's a cool moment. We'll get to the ne- next episode. Mm-hmm. Um, um, this story is handled fantastically. Like, even though, like, I don't, I don't think the story has any real great shakes. I think the sci-fi setting is kind of the biggest thing it has going for it. The way it presents it is, uh, is, is fantastic. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, other, <laughs> like the, 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 uh, the, the most popular approach to this kind of thing in the 16 bit era was to have the character like environment sprites walk around and show um, and show dialogue boxes. Um, and have you kind of imagine the stuff here, whereas here in fantasy star four, it's actually showing you manga panels. Yeah. And it's build- like comic
1: style cutscenes.
0: Yeah. Which is, which is great. Like, I don't, I don't think that the, the actual character design is great. It's like super, uh, mid eighties anime style, like, uh, like, like sub, uh, um, oh gosh, dragon ball guy, Akira Toriyama. It, it's really
1: similar to, um, I can't remember the name of the, the really big mech, uh, series Macross. Yeah, it's like Macross. Yeah, looking to me. Yeah, which it's it, it's fine. Like the only thing I could say S- about it is it is looks g- generic. Screaming at that, yeah. somebody is like, no, it doesn't. <laughs> somebody <laughs> is rending their garments and gnashing yeah, their like, teeth. There's somebody who's just set themselves on fire in a yeah. street. I just it, like, it's
0: it's a you know it, it is it, it kind of looks like how to draw manga to me, which is which is fine. Like the only thing mm-hmm. I can label against it is, is you know g- genericism. I can tell the characters apart and the expressions and the broad strokes of the drama that are happening are really mm-hmm. good. And like there were some very effective moments that were that were enhanced by this presentation so like this isn't a time when like anime got in the way i thought it really added to this
1: oh yeah like it it's it doesn't look that distinctive uh because it's going for a specific style it's doing like 80s anime space opera mm-hmm. and it looks like that but the actual like you're right as far as the characterization really kind of being sold um and the cutscenes are like this is way more than than Fancy star two and way more than i remember because I, I played this before this is like kind of a light story mm-hmm there are things that happen that are that are serious, but there's lots of goofs. Oh, yeah. And a lot of those goofs happen in the in these cutscenes. scenes uh, that kind of like lends itself to a real kind of chummy feel. Mm-hmm. So even though like the actual plotting of this is pretty generic, the characters and kind of the, the relationship between them, I think, is pretty cool.
0: Yeah. Like, again,
1: it's nothing groundbreaking, but it's it's kind of warm and friendly in a, in a way I like. <laughs> yeah.
0: You know? Yeah. It's uh, it's it's kind of like Sam Adams beer like it's uh, you sure, know sure. You, you know what you're gonna get right yeah like uh it's it's not anything uh too like too adventurous but like it gets the job the, the job god, done
1: god did i cry when saint paulie girl died <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, oh man her hands were so full with those mugs of beer she couldn't defend herself couldn't, from the dark could. wave yeah, she dark wave like tried to touch
1: the tit and she threw those beers in the way and no go. <laughs> How many shows have the tit gotten on to? I think, I think just two. Okay. I think this is the second appearance of the tit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, one, one thing I really love, and we were talking about things that I wish had caught on mm-hmm. from this uh, kind of weird evolutionary dead end of JRPGs, is this talk option. Yeah. Um, I want this in every video game. Me too. Like, so a lot of times with video games, I will play them for a long time and then put them down. And the, the likeliness that I'm going to pick them back up and play them is almost exactly proportional to the ways, uh, the methods it has to try to discourage me from just starting over, Mm -hmm. you know? And one of the ways you can do this is by having something that catches you up. Right. Um, Pokemon, like oftentimes has a, like, just tells the story so far in like three or four panels. Mm Mm-hmm um and this does uh, it doesn't tell you the story so far but it does tell you where to go next
0: right and this is something that square wouldn't catch on to for like six years like uh chrono cross has this with the save points like you can actually Mm -hmm. like ask that for a prophecy or something like that um and like you know uh six years later uh final fantasy 12 has like those little recaps of what you're doing when you when you when you load a new save but like this is you know just decades before like that kind of convenience and that kind of acknowledgement that this game isn't going to be your life
1: yes you know and i think
0: that that is that is hugely respectful of the player
1: yeah, absolutely. Like, it is the kind of thing you can kind of pick up and, and put down, which is which I what I did mm-hmm. because we, we I started this well in advance to prepare for, like, all the vacations and live shows. Mm-hmm. So, I played this over a long course of time. Like, it's yeah. not a long game by JRPG standards. Yeah, it's about, like, um, a 25, 30-hour game. Yeah, but it's yeah. long by Watch Out for Fireball game standards. <laughs> right. And being able to kind of, like, put it down for a week and then pick it back up and be fine Right. was really, really appreciated. Like, mm-hmm. I... I want this in everything.
0: Yeah, and um, I I kind of cram jam this over the course of like ten days
1: because
0: um, mm-hmm. I was I was sunburned and sick in Virginia yeah. uh, most of the time. <laughs> but like I still uh, you know just appreciated uh, the characterization that you got because it wasn't just you know it's called talk and what that what that's representing is your your uh, your party talking with each other about like what the best plan of attack is. And it would mm-hmm. give you like little bits of flavor about the individual characters as they mm-hmm. you know as they go along. So like even if you're not like you know hungry for a detail about what you should do next, it's still a good thing to do because like it gets you close to these kind of uh, archetypical uh you know characters that yeah. you're dealing with. It let's you get to know them in a game
1: where ninety percent of your time is just spent watching their backs. Right. <laughs> um, so this this is part of a this is the end of the Fantasy Star as JRPG right uh, kind of series. This is not the first one in the series, uh, obviously. But it's the only one uh, we're probably going to cover on the show, if I had to guess. Right. Um, And it was, the reason why we chose it is because it is the most mechanically approachable. Right. Um, Number two does a lot of the things that this does. First, number one is like amazing for when it came out in its time. Mm -hmm. Um, Three does one really cool thing, and then everything else kind of bad. What what is that Um, cool
0: thing that three does? Because I've never gotten a consistent story on three.
1: um, Three has, uh, it takes place over several generations, and the characters you play in chapter two and three depend on who you marry, like in chapter one. Oh shit! So you have there's like this relationship part. If you marry somebody, that determines who your protagonist is, and in, in the second act, hmm. and then who that person marries determines who your protagonist is in the third act.
0: Nice. Um,
1: that's really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, it's not particularly good. It's yeah. not the garbage fire everyone says it is. Yeah, it's, it's, it, it's
0: like particularly disavowed is the yeah. is is the thing that make like kind of like attracts me to it. It's like the glowing red stove. It's I mean. <laughs> What it, but the what should, you know, make you not
1: attracted to it is the things that are annoying about it are all like little mechanical tune things. Yeah. Like the, the random encounters are more egregious. It's not balanced well. Mm-hmm. Things like that. So it's not like the story stuff is actually kind of cool. Uh, it just needs, you know, fewer yeah. random encounters, which this does too. Mm-hmm. uh because of jrpgs yeah. um i'm not i'm not promising i'm not gonna say when there are too many encounters because that happens
0: well yeah i mean it's a it's it's a fact of life and yes. even if your uh grandpa's racist you still have to call him out
1: on it yeah he's still a racist it's yeah. better that we call these jrpgs out for being bullshit than just letting them like see something say something <laughs> um even though yeah. i like I, I really like this game like i'm mm. gonna be pretty positive about this uh there are too many encounters yeah and uh there are parts at large swaths of it that are pretty boring
0: Yes. Um, so I, I'm I'm quickly rushing to an inflation calculator because this is something that I think we lost in uh, uh, when, when we switched to CDs, which are really cheap to manufacture. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, this game was $100 when it released. Yeah, which is just a thing that happened. I remember paying $90, like not paying, convincing my parents to spend $90 on Super Mario RPG. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was just kind of a, a bonkers thing that came with the mechanical aspect of games. Yeah, like we need to put more memory into this. It's like, yes. you know, if Final Fantasy 7 costs three times as much because it was on three discs. Um, but like, yeah, that's like, you know, going to a store and saying, I will pay $166 for Fantasy Star 17.
1: Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Um, And I I didn't have this growing up either. I have like my my PC uncle and Sega cousin that I've talked about before. Yeah. And they were the fantasy Star people uh, who had the series and they they played the money and I just went over there you know during the summer and played them <laughs> so
0: yeah so so what's like you know before we go on to like what the series became what was your history with with, with this because like you you know for as much as i was the Sega the Sega garbage kit you're the person who has actually played these jrpg fantasy star games
1: yeah yeah i like two is the one i played the most um like my cousin had uh was a fan of the franchise and uh i mostly hung out with him when two was out um, by the time three came out, I saw him less and by four even less than that. Mm-hmm. But I already had all those fond memories of two. Um, when I bought my own Sega, like when I was like a senior in high school or whatever, uh, and you know, bought all the games I really loved for it and played Shadowrun and Starflight and all those things. Um, I hunted down a copy of this mm-hmm. uh, as a youth. And uh, I mean not real youth, I guess a 17-year-old. <laughs> um played it, you know, concurrently around when I played like Final Fantasy VII. Mm -hmm. and stuff and i was just so hungry for jrpgs it didn't really matter right uh you know how how primitive they were i'd play old ones as well yeah um the one i ended up the one that hit me in that sweet spot is two um which has been requested for the show and i love fantasy star two but it is uh maze maze dungeons teleporter traps yeah like is that's that's a deal breaker for me for games for this show Mm -hmm. um you know sorry i had the beholder fans Maybe maybe someday, guys. But like, it's hard to want to do that.
2: Um,
1: So the uh, that's really my history. I didn't play three until after that, even. Okay. So and I never beat three. Three is the one I have not uh, not actually beat.
0: Yeah. By the time I hit the JRPG phase of my life, I had moved away Mm -hmm. from the Genesis. Like Genesis was a machine that existed to play Sonic.
1: Okay.
0: Um, and so like I went right from that to you know diving whole hog into Final Fantasy. So like this is kind of ended up being a. uh, you know, like a bit of a blind spot that I mostly read about in magazines, you Mm -hmm. know, around the time. Um, And like, even then it was like retrospectives, (laughs) you know, uh, when I was really becoming aware of JRPGs and stuff like that, like this is, this was always something that was like over there, you know, it was never like at our rental places. It was never kind of available or something that I was, you know, pursuing. Yeah. So after four, um, this series kind of uh, turned into something really different. Uh, The fantasy star online series um mm-hmm. around uh roundabouts the time uh dreamcast came out and that was something i played um we never got um sega channel <laughs> uh where i was at uh just because my parents didn't want to pay for it but um i definitely had this on the dreamcast and um played around it with, like single player stuff because like it was a really good oh man it was a fantastic um you know like diablo like and i didn't play diablo i didn't know what it was but like even playing a single player um, and then, you know, uh, playing, uh, even playing uh, uh, the compilation on the uh, GameCube was what was great. But this is kind of where I have a little bit of like the, you know, the lore and everything kind of uh, assembled from is the PSO days. And that's mm-hmm. kind of where the series exists now. And if it can be said to exist right now, because
1: it's barely a thing. And I remember uh, grabbing Fantasy Star Online uh, at the like college house I lived that had a Dreamcast mm-hmm. and being m- crushingly disappointed with it. Because I was a fan of the series, mm-hmm. and and I I've never clicked with Fantasy Star Online. Mm-hmm. Like that's that game's never worked for me because I was I mean I wasn't I wouldn't have described myself as a purist, but that was what it was. Was I wanted something familiar? Yeah, I was expecting, uh, you know, a Dreamcast JRPG, which ended up becoming Skies of Arcadia, which, uh, which the same person uh, made, the same uh, project lead uh, Kodama, mm-hmm. um, who ended up making is the Fantasy Star Lady. Yeah. Um which is pretty cool. Like cool uh, lady game developer yeah and her but she ended up doing a, a dreamcast uh, jrpg mm-hmm. um you know but it was not fantasy star
0: yeah like fantasy star wasn't the draw for this like the the, the online stuff and just yeah. kind of the, like the overall structure of it was yeah
1: which was which was a, a repellent for me yeah as somebody who did not like uh people <laughs> uh, the uh so yeah so the um we're gonna go ahead and get into it um yeah. And it's going to be two episodes. It might be a little breezier because this is a kind of a breezy JRPG. <laughs> there's and there is so much like tendon and uh ligament in this. <laughs> there's a yeah, there's a lot of like going from place to place. The story is really weird <laughs> in this game. Like it is very weirdly structured and is not uh it's plotted in a way that is not I don't want to say incompetent, but like it doesn't make a lot of sense. Right. Um it makes more sense as a fan of the series? like some mm-hmm. of these things are callbacks oh yeah for sure you know and so like
0: like well so as somebody who doesn't like he has never played uh ps2 which mm-hmm. uh this is a direct sequel to like and even in the continuity of this they kind of disregard three
2: um
1: yeah you know
0: a, a lot um i recognized when something had the stink of a callback on
1: it yes yeah this this is wrapping up the series right you know in a way that is uh in a way is kind of appealing and elegant like except for when they actually try to do it mechanically and bring <laughs> that stuff back, and that sucks. Cool. Tell us a little bit about the plot.
0: Yeah. Um, so, Fantasy Star 4 takes place um, in the Algo solar system uh, about a thousand years after the destruction um, this cataclysmic explosion of the planet Parma, right? This is like the human planet. Parmanians look and act like humans. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, this event kind of set a, set in place this kind of civilization reset as the inhabitants of these two, rem- uh, two remaining planets, uh, Motavia and Desilis, uh, kind of sought to rebuild, right?
1: Yes. Uh, so we started on the planet of Motavia um, in the Hunters Guild, uh, which is this huge and established organization of mercenaries. And we kind of do odd jobs for the populace, <laughs> and uh, we have two kind of main characters here: uh, Alice, who is kind of the the big brother, big sister character, yeah. and our main character
0: Chaz. <laughs> um, so, well, which I wrote as Chad here, well, it, because of autocorrect it may as well be. Um,
1: <laughs> so we're both uh, we're hunters. We're heading out on our first job to clean up some monsters out of the basement of a university. Um, <laughs> Chad, what's what's uh worse chaz or bartz as far as main character names for 16-bit jrp i would say
0: chaz because bartz is at least a little bit fantastical i think bartz sounds really stupid
1: mm. I, I think bart bartz like i don't know <laughs> i mean chaz is pretty bad <laughs>
0: yeah i just like, I, I, I hear chaz and i think about somebody who's gonna try and beat me at the regatta
1: yeah yeah <laughs> the, the rich kids from across the, like, from like, across we'll, the ocean we'll, yeah, or from, from a camp, across the lake from camp. I think that uh, Chaz sounds worse because it is like a real name of somebody who I wouldn't like. Mm-hmm. Barts is a way less pleasant thing to say.
0: Mm, yeah. Like, Barts just sounds inherently stupider. One um, of them sounds less appropriate. Counterpoint, Barts is just an anglicization of butts.
1: Yeah, worse. <laughs> <laughs> like having your main character named butts is terrible what a stupid idea <laughs> why, why does all of the flavor around Final Fantasy V suck so bad and <laughs> but yet the game it's mechanically is so, good. so cool like <laughs> why know. couldn't you do a good story and good characters for that game <laughs> like it would be my favorite Final Fantasy if you guys didn't just like totally shit the bed on that <laughs> god damn you <I> swear <laughs>
0: we, um, we, we so disagree on that are, are
1: you are you're into the uh the story of final fantasy
0: five yeah, it's 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 pleasantly simple i think i think final fantasy five did final fantasy nine before nine did ah I, I i disagree so hard
1: <laughs> i don't think there's a such thing as pleasantly simple i, don't, I okay. think simple is unpleasant
0: um whoa yeah. that is uh wow that is a foundational difference between the two of us
1: yeah huh. i don't uh i just don't i don't like uh I don't want it just to be like good versus evil. Like mm. X death is the worst antagonist in that series. And that's a mm. series known for bad antagonists. Like <laughs> X death is so stupid. Yeah. Um, I just cannot, cannot get into it? Mechanically, it's great. Like oh, it's yeah. very, like it's very cool to play. Yeah. It's, but uh, like, yeah, it's,
0: it's definitely like the, like the funnest of that era to play. I think I the thing say.
1: with the difference with final fantasy nine is that nine, I feel like is more kind of self-aware mm-hmm. of that. Like it comes back trying to comment on it. And then like, 9 has a lot of weird pathos with death and people dealing with death and change yeah, and yeah, stuff yeah. that 5 has none of. Yeah. Like 9 only seems simple, but 9 isn't simple at all. Mm-hmm. 5 is exactly what it is. Yep. You know, and that that's that's what I don't want things that are what they are.
2: Yeah.
0: We, uh, we, we like we we don't disagree there. I just uh, you know, I I I I see them doing different things and I appreciate them doing uh, uh, succeeding on their own terms, I suppose.
1: Yeah, the, I just, know, I, can you imagine like that that job system tacked on to like Final Fantasy 4 or Final Fantasy 6, you know, like which would be hard to do because you have characters moving in and out. But yeah, some, that kind of meant like depth Yeah, You, you, you could
0: have done it in 6, honestly, because like nobody who shows up ever really disappears except for the second act. And even then you can get them all yeah. back. Give them all a baseline job, but
1: have them be able to switch into a sub job like that would be incredible. Mm-hmm. The job systems are so good yeah um it just and then would have been paired with like a really really fantastic story yeah you know that i
0: i would have really appreciated that mm-hmm. um yeah, yeah. anywho <laughs> um it's a it's is the conference it's the, it's the uh conservation of goodness you know yes. if, if, yeah. if one aspect is good the other one cannot be as good
1: yeah final fantasy tactics just takes that conservation of goodness thing and knocks it in the water i know <laughs> right that, that's both
0: yeah, um, that's I'm why just... everyone should support our Patreon so we can
1: do that Final Fantasy show. <laughs> so so we can say bad things about your favorite series. It wouldn't be bad things. It's like it's it's wistful. Mm-hmm. I just want it to be and maybe I would maybe I'd change my mind and replaying it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Um. you know after but like even it's so weird that it came after four mm-hmm. and four I think is like the the height of the melodrama like melodrama Final Fantasy.
0: Oh, yeah, like four is simple in a really different way.
1: Yeah, four is simple, but it's like it's not it's like six is not like world-changingly complicated but it is like a little bit more complicated than four mm-hmm. Four is that kind of melodrama that i think really works mm-hmm. uh
0: because the characters are really solid god i've had so many dark Knights of the soul where like i recognize i should not play final fantasy four in case that show like in case we get a like a like a wealthy thousand dollar a month benefactor who comes mm-hmm. in yeah, yeah <laughs> hi chap. i appreciate your duck feeds yes, yes. <laughs> but man oh man i've I, I am aching i've been aching for 5 years to really to replay 4 <laughs> <laughs> See, I, it's just so weird that 5 came after 4 yes it because is.
1: it's such a step back in terms mm-hmm. of like characterization and world building and like literally everything that isn't mechanics it right. is a huge step backwards mm-hmm. and then they got right and 6 is a step upwards from it like yeah. 5 is such a weird little divergent path oh and i love it i love games. those
0: divergent paths like I, show show me a dead end and i will live there
1: I, I, I can i can i like final fantasy V a lot i just i i couldn't tell you the name
0: of any character
1: that wasn't one of the four main ones or mm. x death yeah. or gilgamesh
2: <laughs> like it is just
1: it is a world populated with terrible boring people yeah it's a it's a world it's a it's a world of archetypes yeah
0: yeah that sucks yeah. i wish they didn't do that but hey, gary.
1: the job system is
0: legit <laughs> hey gary high five we've become caricatures of ourselves we <laughs> turned a fantasy star podcast into a final fantasy podcast
1: yeah, 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 um it uh it, it does draw comparisons it even has that fantasy name oh it certainly does yeah, yeah.
0: um anywho uh, this university job <laughs> yep. so i love this i love it as a uh as, as kind of uh you know what ultimately becomes a fake out but alice is a great character and oh she's her, like, she's wonderful yeah, yeah and her dynamic with Chaz is is fantastic because Chaz is uh he's like the Luke in this you know yeah. he's super reluctant like oh this is super dumb why are we coming to this uh to this university to clean out a basement like it's super self-aware it feels like about the uh the beginning of a jrpg which is killing rats you know
1: yeah, ex- exactly like th- this is this is pretty winky um the headmaster is acting pretty suspicious here um you know to to go down and get these monsters and we run into han on the way down which is one of my favorite starts one of my favorite recurring (laughs) jokes is that han is like yeah my uh my mentor went down it was also investigating this can i come with Mm -hmm. and you say like yeah but you know you can do it give us a hundred dollars and your party gets that money and this happens time and time again (laughs) basically charges for like you know university nerd to join your party <laughs> you're bullying
0: him like you're nickel and diving him out of his money it's which really college good. students aren't rich yeah but like it's, it's it's always alice as like this consummate professional and like all of the humor out of this comes out of bullying it's very it's very good um
1: <laughs> yeah. han is such a good punching bag yep um so the characters kind of they don't have official classes no. um which is kind of impacts that readability we were talking about yeah. like being able to kind of instantly read this but uh Chaz is like a knight or a paladin um he has some healing magic um a couple you know a couple attack spells but mostly support magic mm-hmm. and he attacks with a sword yes um, a two-handed sword. So you cannot use a shield he is a an aggressive offense character
0: right um alice is a little bit harder to find like her weapon is the slasher which is like a gigantic boomerang kind of thing mm-hmm. Um and she attacks everybody which is uh, especially useful as she gets stronger and you can kind of clear a whole field of these uh weaker enemies as yes. uh, as they go along and uh every character like i like this like with one exception i think grizz um mm-hmm. you know every character kind of has this uh, uh mixture of things they can do so like even though alice is there to clear a lot of scrubs you know she does have um like different elemental spells that you can lean on
1: yeah Yeah, and we're going to talk about uh, the slasher thing and how I think it's kind of important to the cool thing this game does later. Mm -hmm. Um, Han is like a support mage that you have. So um, very early on, um, you can give Han two shields because Han's not going to be attacking. Um, (laughs) Everyone can dual wield if you don't have a two-handed weapon as well, Yeah, um, which I really like that choice. That's something that's always been with the series. So if you want to give somebody a knife in each hand, uh, they'll get more attacks and do more damage. Right. Um, So we get a, a little tiny tutorial combat
0: dungeon. Yeah. And, you know, like it's, it's giving you like, so this is like a residential kind of thing. Like there's some rooms with uh bookshelves and some treasure chests, but like, you know, most of the dungeons in this game are really similar and it's, yeah, you know, we're going to cover a lot of time by talking about yes. like, like, you know, like hand waving and saying like, yeah, and here's a, here's a combat dungeon. And here's like a, like a medium, small or large dungeon.
1: Yes. And, and this is something that I want to make sure, um, uh, that I get out there is that I don't feel like this is a specific to fantasy star thing. No, no. Uh, that I think that dungeons in this era of JRPGs were kind of uniformly pretty shitty. Right. Or at um, least
0: unremarkable, right? Like what I want is to, you know, like what I was searching for when I was putting these notes together was like a thesis for this, like almost like a, Oh, here's the Sylph cave where everybody is doing like poison damage yeah, or something like that. Like what I wanted was that. In reality, what you get is like, oh, you're fighting a different kind of alien as you go along. Yes.
1: There. Yeah. They are pretty simple in that respect. But even in Final Fantasy 4, most of the dungeons did not have that. Right. Right. Like most of the dungeons are do not have a thesis. They're just like, here's a bunch of dudes. Yeah. Um, And that was kind of, you know, and the other kind of uh problems with the dungeons, such as... uh dead ends and your field of view being so zoomed in that you can't see dead ends before oh, you yeah. don't go into them yeah. uh things like that are in spades
0: <laughs> here i was and it's i was very happy to hear that we both use kind of the same heuristic which was we were both mm-hmm. playing with save states and when we got to a junction we would quick save and if we got to the end and it was a dead end there was no treasure we would just reload i i am
1: so loath to walk down a path and do like three battles that i don't have to do <laughs> right in and one of these games. three, like, three more battles I'm on the way back so sensitive to having my time wasted Mm -hmm. anymore that like that's i mean ultimately like my changing feelings on the genre have only been because my time is more valuable right so even games i end up really liking like this one i still want to cut the cruft yeah as much as i possibly can and this game has dungeon cruft Mm uh in spades uh, yeah like a lot of dungeon cruft so it's a you know for a game i really like it has this kind of big problem in the actual moment-to-moment play um eventually you get down to uh the boss fight uh which is uh iglanova iglanova <laughs>
0: iglanova yeah yep. um this is a like a big tentacle alien guy yes um and like it should think the be monster here. designs
1: are kind of good mm-hmm. in this and are not uh so the way that final fantasy takes after DD, um this does not no, uh, no. this takes after like geiger and like there's a lot of weird kind of just bio Mm-hmm. organisms and i really like the way the monsters are designed in this
0: yeah it's it's kind of like the entire world is the uh the galnica yeah final fantasy 7 a little bit yeah um, like you
1: know ne- you never run into like it's you're not fighting minotaurs and and centaurs and shit
0: right like it's um, always beasts i'm i'm very slightly on the, on the other side of that i wish that mm-hmm. uh the designs were a little bit simpler and i wish that mm-hmm. uh they were kind of more distinct from each other um because like uh, you know as of right now, it just doesn't give me a lot to uh, hook onto with it. Even if like each individual sprite is cool and kind of metal in its own regard,
1: yeah, it's it's not like I can be like, oh man, I love Iglanova and just know what <laughs> Iglanova looks like, right? You know, based on that, I, th- I meant more as a generality. I'm glad it it kind of eschews fantasy. I mean, the, it plays in with what it does. You know, it's these are weird bio monsters. They're not, you know, medieval monsters. Um, so I really appreciate that it does that, but I would agree that I wish that they were more, uh, individual, like had a easier to read kind of silhouette. Yeah. There are a yeah. couple of specific ones we'll get to that I think are like, that do that really successfully. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the most part, I, you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's a
0: trade off. Yeah. We're thinking about the same ones. That's more of an animation thing actually. Yeah, yeah. That's probably true. Yeah. Um, but like we're very quickly, like there's some weird shit happening beneath this, uh, beneath this university like this is not something we've ever really seen before like there are you know biopods down here
1: yes yeah Yeah. there are tanks yeah um and this fight you know who's near the the breeding pods the kind of gimmick to this fight it's just an intro boss but he can actually use his ability called vision to summon more monsters right so you're you're kind of on a clock like you want to get him down as soon as possible so he doesn't Mm -hmm. fill the screen with more monsters
0: yeah and then you know making that classic decision of do i want to take out the the minion or do i want to take out the main guy yes you know like, it's it's giving you that kind of, like, tactical choice as you go along. Um, and when you come back up and say, like, hey, dog, yeah, what's <laughs> what's going on? The fuck? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I would like to say you just have black mold in your basement, and that would be a whole kind of ordeal. But there's something else kind of happening down here. Mm-hmm. And he says, oh, we're getting these weird shipments from the Birth uh, the birth Valley where, where we've been doing this it's research. The worst salad
1: dressing, dude. <laughs> <laughs> the <laughs> worst
2: fucking salad dressing.
0: <laughs> uh. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's gross. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, and that they send a team there, um, and uh, they never really came back, and they got this threat from this kind of uh, dark priest named Zeo, right? Who has said, yes. like, hey, you know, stay out of Malibu.
1: Exactly, yeah. yeah. Uh, stay out of Riverdale. <laughs> the, um, so the, the, the professor did this. He kind of hired you because he's in a bind. Like, he can't actually interfere with this grander thing, but still has monsters in his own up so you have to on there and take care of it um, so, um you got you got to head to birth valley to get to the the bottom of this
0: and uh this introduces one of the weirdest pacing problems this game has it is really really strange yeah. and i don't i don't really
1: get it i no. think it's more successful in and mm mhm here it is very weird is that there are a lot of towns (laughs) right
0: so (laughs) you're headed to the town of zima right um but you're gonna kind of encounter at least like three or four like identical hey here are some like thatched roof cottages and people who will heal you if you pay them money with no real like distinguishing character between them
1: I mean, there's there's like there's little bits of flavor, like you walk around and get JRPG town dialogue, right? And some of it is good, you know. I think the idea being, like, if I have to be charitable and think about why they're doing this, mm-hmm. uh, which I I think it's a problem too. I don't want to sound like I'm white knighting too hard.
0: Oh yeah, and uh, I'm not I'm not even like calling it a problem. I just think it is a it is a peculiarity it's weird. of this like, game. Like that, that's yeah. the
1: weird, like all the things, like the pacing, the general plot, uh, kind of thing is weird in this game, mm-hmm. um, even if it didn't bother me that much. And I think I think what they're trying to do is give you a sense of stakes by making the planet feel populated. Right. Like, in most ARP, the fact that there is, like, six towns on the world of Final Fantasy is weird. Right. You know, this, now there are ten. You know, it's, like, a little bit more, like, populous, so you feel that sense of, like, oh, like, and they actually do some stuff with that, too, where, like, bad things happen to some of these towns. Like they have right. to have kind of some throwaway towns.
0: Yeah. It's a, it's, it's a good little chunking. Right. And it's just a, it's a decision of what you want to represent. It's the, a con- it's a thing, conservation re- of detail. Right. Oh,
1: sorry. Sorry to interrupt you. No, I was just going to say that the real obvious reason why you, you run into mile on your way here is because the next town is not actually a town. Right. So yeah. they have to give you a place to heal and stuff
0: on your way to, to Zima. Mm
1: -hmm. um like the only thing with mile is they're raising sandworms (laughs) which which turns out to be a terrible idea yep
0: um and there's like a broken bridge that would be your shortcut uh to the the kind of the final boss of this episode but also kind of like of the first act of the game
1: yeah Yeah. um so you actually you pass through mile it's you know you upgrade your equipment jrpg style Uh, (laughs) eventually you get to zima um which all the people in zima are are petrified
0: yeah super creepy actually like, uh, it's a, it's a little bit of like a Pompeii kind of thing. Mm. Um, and you kind of venture into this birth Valley, uh, cave and it's a short little dungeon, right? Like there's, there are tons of these like kind of inconsequential mini dungeons. Um, but like when you get there, Han, re- you know, uh, recognizes his mentor, uh, professor Holt and, mm-hmm. um, you know, comes Holt. to the conclusion. Holt. Oh, good.
1: I oh, no, I was, I was just, I was making a dagger fall. Oh, ah, okay. So that's because <laughs> of Holt.
0: Sorry. <laughs> that's fine. No, sorry, don't worry. Sorry. Go for it. I'm sure, I'm sure somebody liked it. <laughs> yeah, um. Okay. <laughs> um, but the uh, kind of the the, the uh, soft in this game, the thing that will unpetrify these people is uh, is an item called the Alchline, uh, which is uh, down in this village called Molcom. Um And Han, sorry, Alice says like, hey, if you want to help us, Again, like he's rendering services, but he's also paying to render these services. Exactly. So
1: he gives us uh, gives us five hundred we had to yeah, he gives us five hundred dollars to get their meseta is the money yeah. in this. Um so eventually, you know, you head down to Molcom, uh, which you find it burned to the ground. <laughs> yep. Um, which this is again like, like a pretty cool set piece. Mm-hmm. Like going into Zima and having all the, the statues there is pretty cool. Going into Molcom and having everything burned and having a lone figure mm-hmm. standing in the middle of it is really cool. Yeah. Um, and at first I thought this was the big bad, but instead it is Rune.
0: Yeah. Um, Rune, who is a solid bro, who is one of my favorite archetypes, which is a person who is an asshole because he knows he can be.
1: Yeah. Yeah. This, <laughs> this is, this is kind of a, this is a very powerful, uh, character. Yeah. Um, you know, plays very similar to, uh, God, the name of the, the wizard in the Dragonlance books, you know, just kind of uh, like arrogant Ra- because Ra- he's a magician. Ra-Sland? Yeah. Yes. Like a kind of a race character. Um, oh, good pull, man. <laughs> I haven't thought no, about th- Dragonlance in forever. High five. Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he, he actually knows Alice yeah. uh, which is kind of weird uh, so you get this little this little hint of a history that would never really pays off but just kind of suggests that Alice is kind of a legendary figure in this world Yeah, because uh, we get more of that later too
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, but Rune like he is kind of the uh, the Tella figure of this mm-hmm. which is uh, you know he's, he's very high level um, he has magic like, uh, there's a scene where he uses a fire spell to blow a boulder out of the way. And that's a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, he's somebody who kind of knows what's going on. He knows that Zio kind of raised this village and he says, Hey, you know, if you're looking for the Alshlin, um, then, uh, you know, it's, it's further on down to the Southeast and, uh, he joins you. And I love the way that like up until the very end of the game, he antagonizes Chad. Yeah. <laughs> or yeah. To Chaz rather. Sorry yeah it's a different kind of douchebag. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah he, he calls him short he calls him useless and stuff like that like and again it, it has it's going into that kind of buddy comedy feel right that this game has, which is part of why it clashes so much when the and it's just infinite darkness is the bad guy, but like it is this kind of like this people palling around making fun of each other um so as you go he tells you to get the medicine from uh to know. um eventually on the way there again you're running into towns on the way a lot of the time um uh, you run into Krupp uh, the town of Krupp. Yeah. And this is where Han is from.
0: Yeah. Um, Han comes from a family of, a family of, ba- uh, blacksmiths. His dad makes a show of disapproving of his studies, but in reality, mm-hmm. they're super uh, supportive. And he even has a fiance. Um, yeah. I, I forget why I called her sparkly in my notes. Um, uh,
1: cause she <laughs> trades you uh smooth, shiny objects for mm,
0: yeah upgrade materials. Oh, um, yep. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, uh, you know, Han is super embarrassed. Uh, you know, yeah. are you learning about his past. Like he has this this kind of decorum that doesn't come through uh, from somebody who is willing to pay money to fight for you. Yeah,
1: <laughs> um, I really like this. I wish more of the towns like just had like somebody was from a town and use them to use the town to kind of get the backstory. Yeah, for them. Like this is a place where the proliferation of towns kind of makes sense to me.
0: Oh yeah, it's a super great use of yeah. like this. Uh, this you know just the uh, the the different culture that you see there. Yeah.
1: Um. So Rune uses his magic uh, to go through the valley maze up to the north of this. Mm-hmm. Um and you uh you get through this and you get to a village.
0: Yes. Um this is this is Tono. Um and uh, there's a fun little bit here where there's kind of this information monger. Um and this is our kind of like our first real exposure to like a village of Motavians who yes. uh present themselves like ewoks, but they're actually like owl men.
2: Um, yes. A little bit.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um and uh um the way these guys work, there's one on Tesla's as well. Um, is you have to like say no to information that you don't want until you get to what you get. Um, there's like a weird translation. That's a, a real
1: weird menu problem. Yeah.
0: Like, where, like they just gave it felt you like.
1: Yeah. Like space, like space for words was at a premium. Mm-hmm. You know, because there's still the same number of words, but it's like the font was too big to have a window yeah. that had, you know, options in it.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, there's a weird translation thing where like if you, uh, if you ask like, hey, do you want information about uh, about Alice? um they call her the eight stroke warrior which sounds super filthy right yeah sure. um in uh japanese that is like the rip your guts out warrior and she still objects to both of them but like in the eight stroke warrior thing it's kind of like oh she's at like you're asking about her measurements right yeah which sounds very consciously dirty whereas like in the rip your guts out like it's alice saying like no no i'm not like a fucking monster Yes. you know c- coming yeah. out so like it's this weird kind of adaptation kind of problem there but like that's that's what gets rune to speak up and actually like get the you know the source of the alish line out of it uh, out of and,
1: him. and even uh even when it, whether it's dirty or clean either of these things one of the things i really like about the first act of this game is the way that it builds alice up yes um because i mean spoiler like there's spoilers in podcast um Alice isn't going to be with us forever no and no i think they do a really great job of characterizing her and her kind of place in the world yeah um in a way that i want i mean we're going to talk about when we get there but i want to spend a little bit of time camping out and comparing it to other deaths
0: oh for, in these for games sure because yeah. it's
1: this has done better yeah i think um in a couple of different ways
0: oh for sure I, don't know, I, I I totally agree with that, but like yeah. Alice as this legendary hunter, you know, like a very high ranking person who is known for her competence above all, right? Mm-hmm. In this organization that kind of runs this world, um, you know, really does make it feel like and understand you know like alice by default is at the front of your party like you're walking around as her everybody is kind of like interacting with her primarily because she is the most important important and experienced person here
1: mhm yeah yeah
0: like it's a like like her, her contribution to this is super good and like yes. the way they build her up is uh is is a great strength for this
1: yep um you run into grizz here <laughs> um who's one of these motavians he's a, a weird owl you walk yeah monster <laughs>
0: Um, <laughs> um, and at this point, um, Rune leaves, which sucks because like he's twice your level, but you get Grizz, yes. um, who yeah. is kind of a straight up tank kind of guy.
1: Yeah. And Grizz is good. Yeah. Like Grizz is, uh, he's very powerful and his, uh, his, uh, skills are all, um, or not all, but kind of focused towards like instant death, like coup d'etats. Right. So he has, um, his most, uh, commonplace skill, the one he has the most of, um, will actually, it's like Odin in yeah. uh, final fantasy, like will wipe the enemy.
0: Yeah. Which is a way to kind of shortcut pretty much Mm -hmm. every uh, random encounter.
1: Because uh, regular enemies are not immune to status. Like, (laughs) it actually works like a good amount of time.
0: but to get the all shine, you have to go to the storehouse, um, which is just a small dungeon that you get it and you're fine. Yes.
1: Yeah. Um, you get the, uh, the thing Grizz decides to stay with you because he wants revenge. Yes.
0: Um, uh, again, revenge. this legendary figure Zio has, uh, kind of raised his village and Grizz, you know, kind of agonizes over, uh, um, leaving a sister, you know, who he's always standing by to, uh, to, to go along.
1: At this point, I mean, really, you know, stop us. If you've heard this one, like it is, you know, there's, there's a dark, uh, wizard who is going around
0: <laughs> doing bad shit. Yeah, but I like Co a lot.
1: Yeah, I like Co too. Yeah, um, but it just at this point we're really through the paces, and <laughs> it is uh, the interesting parts are this kind of buddy camaraderie yeah. thing. Um, so we head back to Zema. Um, we we use the ash line uh, and get Professor Holt um, to come back to life. And I love this thing that he doesn't even like time didn't pass. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's really scary. <laughs> yep. Um,
0: oh man, that you could just rip Van Winkle. And you know, like yeah. he's he's just lucky that it's like two weeks later.
1: <laughs> it's like he's he's prone to having blackouts. <laughs> <laughs> he's not
0: even phased, not even phased by lost yeah. time. <laughs> um, and um, you know, as you're kind of deciding to do what next, you know, <laughs> what well, what you want to do next, um, a monster appears from kind of inside, and it's uh, it's another fight with this Eglanova. Uh, I'm um, kind of again um, reiterating that these Eglanovas that you found in the university basement came from here. Right.
1: Yes. Yeah. I looked up a picture of one of these guys. They look like Man Thing. Mm-hmm. The uh, the Marvel Comics character. In case yeah. you're trying to picture them.
0: Yes, the rival of Thing Man.
1: Yeah, the <laughs> Thing Man or Swamp Thing. <laughs> um, the uh, and so so pretty easy. No, nothing too special about this fight. We're gonna get yeah. into challenging boss fights, but
0: we're not there yet. Yeah. At this point, like fighting the same thing again just shows how mo- how much more powerful you've gotten, yes. which I think is a good use of a story beat or a mechanical beat like this.
1: I like that too. It's it's more like a mini boss than anything. Yep. Um. So you actually head into uh the Birth Valley, um, mm. which is this like super explicitly sci-fi like bioengineering plant. Yeah. Um, yeah. Tubes, all kinds of like walkways, things like that. Lots of back to tanks. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um. Is this the first dungeon? And it's been a long time since I played this. So, uh, that does the parallax scrolling with the layers like where they imply the layers mm. under you
0: oh man like i don't think that shows up until much later like that's i think the, that comes uh, later too. yeah the castle catacombs
1: yeah it's, it's a big thing in the series that i really like yeah um is this sense of like real depth uh mm-hmm. where you're walking around so it's not here but it comes a little bit later in the futuristic environments yeah you end up in um and you when you go through here um you end up meeting up with holt who had kind of gone ahead of you which like duh uh <laughs> and then rika
0: um who is a cat girl yeah she's a she's a Newman um yes um but uh kind of this uh genetically engineered by bi- you know biological organism who is one year old and yes, that is I, not I, creepy at all
1: yeah well i mean i actually got like one is like i really like the idea of like an android thing technically being one mm-hmm. um so she's she's super perky mm-hmm. um she is kind of a uh so the famous character from fantasy star 2 is a more brooding cat girl
0: yeah but and- having a
1: cat companion is is a fantasy star trope
0: hmm um, um, they were initially going to make this just that same character again. Oh, I was gonna like, have it be knee? Yes, they were gonna have it um, be knee, like, oh, she's been she's been chilling out down here ever yeah. since the uh the destruction of Parma. Uh um, that would
1: be yeah, because that, that's a big uh like a a very early big character death mm-hmm. thing that happens in the, and that would have been pretty, pretty nuts mm-hmm. um if they had done it. I understand why they did decide not
2: to.
0: Yeah. Um, but she's here and uh she has kind of this insecurity about her ears. People think that they're demon horns. Yeah, which is kind of fun, um, but she's a good character like she's a kind of a so both her and Chaz are like hybrids, right? Yeah, they're like uh, kind of hybrids that are the equal distance on the opposite side of the kind of like the center of it. Um, she's very quick. Um, she does a lot of damage and uh, she also heals.
1: Yes. Yeah. Um, And so this whole area down here in Birth Valley, we kind of learn what Birth Valley is. And this is a a theme thing for the series. These are always exist Mm -hmm. are uh, the characters in fantasy star games like to put AIs in charge of everything life. Yeah, like life. Like, you know, they end up having these kind of machines or these systems operate everything. So this one, you know, it keeps the planet safe. Um, it kind of regulates, uh, the kind of biosphere, but it's also creating monsters. Right. And this, this is such a, like a plot point for the series. Like it (laughs) always happens where there's like, Oh, the machine that makes deer started making monsters, (laughs) which is cool. If it didn't happen like six times in this game (laughs) and like three times in fantasy star two.
0: Right. If this, if this wasn't just the way everything happened in the series. Yes.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah um but that's why this is called birth valley it's like the fertile valley like this is where this is where life comes from and this is the first instance that we've seen of like one of these kind of governing systems getting out of control
1: yes which is going to just keep happening
0: yeah um um,
1: so we, we finally get down there
0: yeah you finally get down there and this is kind of run by this uh uh ai named seed right who you know wants us like says hey all of this is kind of extending from these two kind of rabble systems, uh, Nervous, which is kind of the nerve center of Motavia, but also this, uh, this satellite um, that we're going to be yes. able to see here. Um, and he wants us to you know, to, to rescue Demi, um, which is this other AI android kind of person from Zeo and shut down Nervous. So we have kind of our first real big quest. Yes. Yeah. And as, you, uh, as you're leaving, we get
1: this kind of heroic kind of sacrifice thing. Right. Uh, because Seed uh, says, like, Rika, you know, you were the fruit of a thousand years of research. Like, we made you to be this perfect being. And then his screen uh, turns red.
0: Yeah.
1: Here. And because Seed is about to self-destruct. Right. Um, it's kind okay. of a cool moment. Like, it happens just as, like, Rika's like, oh, thanks. You know? And then goes outside. And she's never been outside. She's one years old. She lived forever in this, like, thing. And she's admiring the outside world. Mm-hmm. And Seed kills itself to stop these monsters from spawning.
0: Right. So, you know, uh, uh, building instant pathos into uh, yes. Rika's story.
1: Um, Rika, I, this is a good example of the characters in this game. Like, other than one character who very specifically and for a reason gets kind of short shrift. Um, <laughs> there aren't very many. I mean, there's another another one that's kind of uh, edge case. But for the most part, they at least get like one really good character moment mm-hmm. that's specific to them. Yeah, um, And this is kind of, kind of Rika's. And then she's just going to be a solid, solid bro for the rest of the game.
0: Yeah. I like yeah. Rika a lot. Like she, 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 she almost ends up being like a, for somebody who is unfamiliar with the series, she ends up being a uh, kind of like a point of view character a little bit. Like she remarks on kind of strange things. Yes. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um,
1: So we got to head to nervous. Yeah. uh, And find Zio as well. So (laughs) uh, there's a, there's this crater uh, north of Nalia.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Again, one of these towns, we've kind of crossed uh, through this quicksand uh, to get here. There's a crater here, and you find this uh, kind of like the remainders of this fallen Parmanian life ship. Um, And, you know, again, not having insight into the destruction of Parma, um, kind of like learning how human-like people have uh, proliferated throughout the solar system is super great. Because, Mm -hmm. like, you get these miniature little stories like you see here of, you know, these escape ships landing and establishing themselves, right?
1: Yes, and the, the cool thing is this is an optional dungeon. Yeah. Um, there are a couple of these different, like, optional dungeons you can do, um, and they're actually straight-up side quests, um, which we'll get to, um, yeah. which is kind of unusual for, for a game of
0: this vintage. Mm-hmm. We're going to get to um, them pretty quick, uh, because yeah. you can, uh, yeah. like, uh, <laughs> a little ways over from here is Aedo, uh, uh, yes. which is Alice's home and also kind of the biggest town um, that we've encountered, and this is the home of the Hunter's Guild, which, when you go in there, you get kind of this bounty board of um mm-hmm. you know projects that you, that you can take
1: yes um so this, they're pretty cool yeah. like um they they dole them out uh, at a reasonable amount you don't have to they're all not all just combat you know they're not all bounties like yeah. there can be odd
0: jobs as well yeah it's like um, a it's like a little uh like a dash of adventure game In yes this. yeah
1: yeah um this first one there's only one available initially um with this ranch owner <laughs> um who is who his his plan to breed monsters uh somehow has backfired so there oh, no. one, there's <laughs> one can't believe what you're saying. that is uh, a spicy boy and he needs you to put it down um and it's hard like i i wouldn't definitely try to do this right away because i want to do side stuff before i do main stuff is my heuristic he's a spicy and, boy again uh he's a spicy boy okay cool Thanks. Yeah, He's this is a spicy boy um and you gotta, you gotta put down a spicy boy um but he this is uh very very difficult i think it's possible here but yeah. i couldn't do it i came back a little bit later yeah.
0: and did it. I, I did it i did it here it was a it okay. was a really fun fight like it extended all my resources um but uh but it was very satisfying to do yeah. it.
1: it it's hard Yeah. the um so we're, we're going to talk about side quests a little bit later as well yeah we'll like there there's, at,
0: there's at one moments. big crop here that we can do before we kind of like leave motavia for a while and then mm-hmm. there's like one big one we're going to do at the end of next episode or near yeah. the end of next episode yep
1: um the kind of the principal thing we're doing here is this dungeon that goes uh, eventually to Kadari. Yeah. Uh, this dungeon is not layout-wise or anything noteworthy. No. But this is the point in the game where I remembered from when I was young, uh, two things. Uh, so, so one thing that's a mistake in this game, like a drawback, is that resurrection magic is rarer than it needs to be. Right. You don't get uh, it
0: until like much, much later. Like I think Raja comes with it and then and everybody else gets it like shortly after that.
1: Everyone kind of learns it and the items for it are not purchasable. No. Initially. Um, they're very rare. You might find them in treasure chests, but they're supposed to be used in kind of desperation. Yeah.
0: Various dues. Uh, and again, um, they are not, uh, they're not explained. So you have like star dew, uh, moon Dew, um, sun do, and sun. then mountain Dew. Yeah.
1: Yes. Yeah. And then, uh, and then sun do code red. Yeah.
2: Um,
1: the, uh, so the the issue here is that in this dungeon, uh, something that can happen with some frequency is that you go in, the first random battle you get into, uh, you have the bad luck of having one of your characters attack twice. yeah, And then that's just it for them. Like they get killed and you have to go back to town. Mm-hmm. Um, so the two things that this kind of reminded me is like, one, I hadn't done the, the spaceship. So I was like, okay, I need to be a little bit higher level. I'm going to go do the side dungeon. Mm-hmm. Uh, but two, this is when I was like, the point in the game where I'm like, oh, yeah, like I remember now um, <laughs> I need to be like much more thoughtful about this. Like if my mage keeps getting killed, he needs to carry two shields. Yeah. If uh, my other characters are getting killed in random encounters, they wouldn't be if my fastest character cast barrier mm-hmm. or cast ban. Like this is the kind of choke point, I think, that the game is telling you like, no, shit is actually kind of serious. You can't just tap A through this entire game. Right. Um, so this was this was uh, an important moment for me in that.
0: Yeah. Which I love that. Like, I love those moments when a game, you know, is brave enough to put some uh, pebbles in the casserole, you Mm -hmm. know, to make you real thoughtful of the way you chew through it. Right. I like a meat wall more
1: than I like a a wall (laughs) in a game. Like, you know, give me, uh, make me turn back on my own Mm -hmm. to reconsider my options rather than just having a big force shield.
0: Yeah. Um, And something we're going to hit like in the in the next dungeons as we kind of end this episode um is uh, kind of the fact that you're gonna have to like you know the game is structured for you to do them a couple of times you know yeah like you're gonna go through and like hit that and understand um like okay here's how i get through it and then like it is to your benefit and to your advantage to like you know duck out you know teleport out like they make those spells and skills and items you know plentiful enough for you to like get out and then come back through and then like be advantaged by having the critical path the first time to actually hit the final boss because like mid dungeon save points are not a thing here.
1: Yes, they're, they're extremely rare, right? Uh, they're only really around in the most egregious of dungeons <laughs> that we have um, and the fact that your character starts with the teleport and fast travel spell mm-hmm. um, and that you're going to find tons of those items. Um underlines that again in a cool way without any words right you know which i i really
0: love except for the yeah. incomprehensible words that they call those things
1: <laughs> oh like tele telepipe and escape pipe is fine Penis and ryuka is not fine <laughs> yeah, R- yeah
0: ryuka, that's what i mean yeah.
1: it's like an artist to siamese cats <laughs> <laughs> like here's Hina- and ryuka um but anyway this dungeon is kind of important even though there's nothing to it yeah you know um so eventually you you get through it uh through this dungeon to go to Kaderi.
0: Yeah. And Kaderi is a really cool town because this is uh, the closest town to Zio's fortress. And it is also the town that is most feeling um, Zio's influence, right? Like there yes. is a cathedral to Zio and like, you know, it is a town that is kind of feeling this battle or this tension between, you know, Zio's cultists and then just like the regular people, you know, it, it's like people who were in Clearwater, Florida in like 1940.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly the um yeah even down to where you find like a prostitute who serves zero soldiers right like this is a big deal right um so eventually you get to the fortress uh here which is again you know dungeon there's a couple of noteworthy things but there's not a straight up premise no. here um you have to kind of leave and come back several times for this
0: mm-hmm. yeah and once i got comfortable with that like man fuck it i was on vacation like i wasn't I was, it wasn't like an hour before i had to record like shit mm-hmm. i'll play this on the beach no so worry um like that was fine yeah i don't know if I would have felt as good about it in a different situation but like you know that 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 is kind of tempering my reaction to happen to uh cover the same ground multiple times i'm I'm extremely glad
1: i didn't play this on a short deadline yes um so uh and there's lots of items here you get um items tend to be one of the weird things about this game is that uh you can't necessarily tie equipment progression to towns no the way you can in a more traditional JRPG, mm-hmm. um, roughly about a half to two thirds the way through the game, you stop finding meaningful new equipment in towns mm-hmm. um, and start just getting it from chests. Right. So like earlier than I thought, maybe three quarters the way through, but like mm-hmm. not very far through the game. Yeah. Like um, like
0: when you are hitting the tail end of Desolus, like that's when it stops being like you can, you know, like it's titanium and that's about it.
1: Yeah. you'll You'll still get you'll still run into more towns, but have that have nothing to offer you. Right. Um, so and the other thing too is it's balanced for being at the top of your game equipment wise, mm-hmm. and things are expensive. Oh yeah. Um you get a lot of of money, you know, for fights, but things are very pricey and you have to outfit your entire party of five um after their parents died. Yeah. So the uh, <laughs> it's gonna cost you a lot of money. So you wanna do that. You wanna that we we're talking about it benefiting you to kind of spend some time ducking in and out of dungeons doing a little bit of grinding. Mm-hmm. Um it balanced pretty well to grind until you can afford everything you want.
0: Right and then you can move on. And that makes a big enough difference. Yes. A, 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 yeah. In a lot of ways. Well,
1: oh, equipment is huge. Yeah. Like there aren't a, it's not like you get like a little incremental like this is a lot of times equipment makes a big difference. Yeah. Like 16 point. Like there are a couple of things that are pretty minor, but most of the time it's like 16 or 20 points mm-hmm. of uh damage or defense.
0: Yeah. And that's that that's one of the one of the ways that this like very limited information kind of simplistic um JRPG um kind of works for me is like mm-hmm. when you get to in a dungeon and you see that like hey there's a whole new set of stuff like it is always kind of a categorical upgrade like yes. i kind of wish that there was just somebody that you could pay at the center you know who said like hey give me a give me a hundred thousand Meseda and i will make you able to do this you know like, yeah. the, like this next dungeon um better like i you know i don't know that i like the information management to uh to upgrade piecemeal um, but mm-hmm. like the fact that everything that you find, you know, um outside of a dungeon is a categorical upgrade makes kind of the loop of this feel pretty satisfying mm-hmm. in a way that I was kind of like hungry for, you know. Yeah, having you know, it being a year since I've played a JRPG, you know. Yeah, yeah. for sure.
1: Um so we get we eventually get through here, um, and we end up finding uh, Juza, <laughs> uh, who is a we run into before we run into zero. Yeah. Um and this is the first like real boss fight in the game.
0: Yeah, yeah. So this is uh this is one that kind of like tested my macros um in a lot of ways like I I leaned on them you know before like just to uh kind of expedite the uh the path to these various boss fights but like this is a this is a really good way to like say like all right I just know that this is going to be a healing round and yes. uh, kind of like fire this off
1: and and Juza is like a like a dark like another priest right just to kind of describe what you Leslie Lieutenant um. Yeah, I didn't end up, for most bosses, I didn't end up using uh, macros mm-hmm. uh, for them. But the nice thing about this boss is it's a single target mm-hmm. uh, boss, so you can concentrate your damage, even though every single target boss has kind of wide-reaching uh, attacks that hit all of your party yeah, that are fairly devastating. And this is also, in addition to being stingy with Resurrection, the game is pretty stingy with Heal All. Oh, yeah. That is an ability that comes later. Yeah. Again, with Raja. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Um, but once you uh kind of defeat him uh then you have to uh, uh free demi who is this incredibly human-like um uh, ai uh mm-hmm. android that you find here um and it's you know she's a really good addition to your party because like she is an android um it's the first android that we've gotten um she doesn't heal in traditional ways like you have to repair her but um she is kind of uh geared entirely toward healing the rest of your party
1: yes yeah, she's, she's your heal bot. Um, The way androids and machines work in this game is that uh, you had to use a separate item to heal them. They won't be healed with magic, but they heal automatically uh, through stepping like through walking around in the overworld, um, which is which is pretty cool. And we're going to we're eventually going to run into run who stays with
0: us for the entire uh, entirety. Yeah. Um, But, you know, after we free her, you know, she's tied up um zeo kind of approaches and says like yeah i'm gonna you know wipe out all life for my god this dark force i forget he re- if he refers to uh the dark force as a proper noun or if just is like oh this is a dark force not your dark force i but, think it's a proper noun okay
1: yeah. um and that name is meaningful to, to fans of the series because in fantasy star one you fought like dark falls which mm-hmm. was a weird uh bastardization of the yeah. translation uh falz mm-hmm. um, which was supposed to be dark dark force Yes. Um and we get into a hopeless boss fight. Um you only will do one damage to zero <laughs> here. Um with spells and do no damage with attacks. Right. Um
0: Yep. And, and the- a couple of rounds in he summons nightmare which is this uh again like it's a preview of dark force, right? Yes. it kind of appears above him and then there's an attack here that like automatically ends the fight because it takes alice out of commission
1: yes and that's a big deal oh it's a huge deal so (laughs) alice like you know alice we're gonna do some stuff to kind of heal alice and this entire stretch is the strongest like i think the coolest thing this game does oh for sure um from here uh everything with alice so let's let's get into it and then before we actually end the episode i want to park on this for a little bit sure Um, so, so Alice won't heal. Like none of the things we're actually doing are actually healing her wounds.
0: No, no. Um, Like you take, you take her to an inn nearby and like, yeah, it's just a, it it is a wound that is, you know, corrupted, right? No
1: matter how much you sleep, your chest is not closing (laughs) (laughs) with no additional things done.
0: Um, Every stitch turns into a (laughs) B. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, Chaz is, uh um, Desperate enough to heal us is like, hey, we need Rune, you know, yes. we need Rune here. Like, you know, thinks, okay, we need to get to Nervous to actually, you know, finish this off, like kill Zio and get the, you know, get this. But uh, the problem is, you know, Rune is like uh, halfway across the world, right? So we end up getting the Land Rover, which is our, uh, which is our vehicle. I love the way vehicles are handled in this game. It's really neat. Yeah, like because it, yeah, super it cool. changes combat.
1: <laughs> it's uh, you can you can go around. You move faster in a vehicle. Um, your verb set changes and you're generally much more powerful, but you gain less experience right. for a fight. So like taking the car, you know, you'll run into fewer battle battles, but you're going to be enriched by them less. Right. So, uh, and that's kind of, we're going to get a bunch of different vehicles in this game that do a couple different things. Yeah. Now uh, this is the first one. <laughs>
0: Um, yeah so as you're going out like demi says that you know zero or sorry zeo isn't the problem it's it's Zelan, another z mm-hmm. word which is kind of one of these orbital control centers these false satellites um that are uh kind of like regulating the uh um solar systems you know functions
1: right yes A- again you know it is these these rogue eyes mm-hmm. that are always the problem yeah. um you get across the sand uh to the village of monson um, which is being racked by these earthquakes?
0: Yes, you you would say it's Munson's by
2: these yes. earthquakes.
1: Yeah, yes, Munson. Yes, Munson. <laughs> um, the uh, I love earthquake. I love these towns in Fantasy Star Four where there's a constant natural disaster. <laughs> yep. And the flavor text is so good. Like this one, there. I it's either this one or one that comes later. There's a huge hole. It's a And there's one. like it's there's, a, there's a kid running around, and it's like mom won't let me play by the hole. <laughs> it's like move, <laughs> get out of there. The hole's growing, kid. Yeah, there's a sinkhole to open in your literal house. (laughs) You've got no future here. Yeah, leave. Um, It's really, really (laughs) great watching people deal with this untenable
0: reality. (laughs) Which is funny because, like, this entire solar system is an artificial environment. So (laughs) they're just, like, subject to one particular, like, geological nuisance.
1: They live in the earthquake test zone.
0: (laughs) Right. Um, I also like that Grizz for all of his toughness as uh, your Motavian tank is uh, is terrified of earthquakes. Yes. Um, and also I love that like once people figure out that it's the plate system, like another nearby control center, they're like, oh, you're just going to go do this, right? You're heroes. Go for it. Yeah, you Again, get kind, of kind of pressured of a into
1: doing this side quest while your friend is dying. <laughs> it's just
0: an assumption
1: like, oh, okay, yeah. cool. It's good you're and, here. And it's a weird basing thing where we talk about like the kind of flow of this. <laughs> the fact that like we've now been interrupted twice to do things on our way to like, we were going to go uh, shut down Nervous, which was always our quest. Uh, <laughs> it makes sense that Alice would go down and we would put that aside a little bit to heal her. Right. But uh, now, on our way to do both those things, <laughs> we're putting it aside to save these randos. Like, it's very strange. If this
0: town got swallowed, I'm sorry. No great loss.
1: <laughs> yeah, we have nine more. Like, you cannot sell me anything that they can't sell me over and, you know, crop
0: it. <laughs> But yeah, like this is just a short little inconsequential tech dungeon. Like there's not even a boss.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's, again, it's just, uh, it feels a little bit like padding and it's a yeah. short game. So that kind of makes sense. But you, you know, you go through this little dungeon, uh, dungeon and then, uh, the, on your way to this, this tower, um, where you are going to, uh, you know, find Rune and take care of things. You, uh, you run into a town that has a statue of Alice,
0: right? Um, the this is the main Alice. character
1: from fantasy star one. Yeah. Different Alice, yeah.
0: Yep. <laughs> Alice with an I. Again, uh, Alice, not your Alice. Yes. Um, and yeah, this is, uh, we're going to see this on Desolus as well. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of these uh, explicit call outs. Um, can, uh, can I turn into a, a real parody of myself? Well, uh, please do.
1: Second, the way that this game handles, it's kind of. Uh, so much heritage. better than Dark
0: Souls 3. Dark Souls 3 is the pits. It's a it's an insult to video games.
1: Go ahead. It's not an insult to, to video games, <laughs> but I do like the way this handles that quite a bit. <laughs> Because it's not like it doesn't feel cloying to me. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like having this like having this ancient uh, hero they don't know very much about. Like later when you run into these statues, like your character says something about like, oh, it's like this great hero. Alice, I don't know much about her. You know, it's Mm -hmm. not it's not in your face at all. Yeah, and then they do another callback with Fantasy Star Two and Three a little bit later. Yeah, um, and I like the way this wraps up the series.
0: What's, like, it feels good. What's weird is like it's it's both simultaneously like bearing bearing much more weight. Like it's representing you know huge swaths of an entire previous game in the series. Mm-hmm. Um, however, it's so inconsequential that it's not like actually like representing a huge amount of real estate in this particular game itself
1: exactly the quest is not to go get alice's statue right you know it just happens to be a little bit of set dressing and like this is you know jrpgs like are about hero fantasies mm-hmm. like you're always just like from humble origins you save the world against the big cosmic entity that's yeah. the plot of every jrpg first i kill like.
0: rats and i kill god
1: yeah exactly um and this is you know for so for this kind of game to do that kind of thing and aggrandize the player
0: feels pretty good
1: mm-hmm. you know as somebody who has like played fantasy star one like this was a really nice like oh yeah
0: yeah and And there's my girl and also it's you know it's continuity right whereas final fantasy kind of throws everything out and you know there's always a sid there's always a tower there's always a you know whatever um you know here like you are kind of treading the same soil and you get to see the way that you know like if you've been with the series for a long time you get to see the way that you've shaped this land you know the previous actions
1: really successful i think in general yeah of that um so you eventually get to the tower which is lydia tower which is our real mazy, uh pretty tough dungeon
0: yeah um full of tough monsters um and this is like a like a time where like not having like i said you have a dedicated healer like demi here um like i had a little bit of range anxiety on demi um mm-hmm. not wanting to use her uh her limited skill set um before i got mm-hmm. to a boss like that was a that was a bit of a bummer
1: yeah. yeah yeah because we didn't we didn't mention this but androids cannot use techniques
2: right they
0: can just use skills
1: so you just have that fancy and magic and her healing, fancy magic is limited, right? You know, is is something you cannot use willy nilly at this point. And one of the ways in which I think Fantasy Star Four is not particularly like elegant or, you know, could use some tightening is the intentionality of your party composition mm-hmm. that it has. Like, it doesn't feel like at every time all of your roles are filled, right? You know, like it's, a lot of the times they are. Sometimes yeah. it's it's really great and you have everything kind of your five man band, but other yeah. times. You know, I felt like, oh, I really wish I had a stronger healer right yeah.
0: now. It's like 55% of the time it's forcing you to play with a really weird hand.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh,
1: that, that just makes sense for plot purposes, but not for mechanics purposes. Mm-hmm.
0: In, in a way that feels just kind of like a little bit more, I don't know, like a little bit less well-considered than Final Fantasy IV, which does a lot of the same like party change ups. Yeah.
1: yeah. And, and there are moments in Final Fantasy IV where I am mad because I don't have a good healer. Right like that happens like when it takes you know, rosa that, away or palum yeah. yeah you know that that is legitimately a thing i'm sorry is porum.
0: porum is the healer sorry yes yeah Yeah. get it right <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry it's my favorite it's one of my favorite games i need to get yeah, it right. somebody should have fucking played it more recently <laughs> somebody should um, do some fucking research is what they should do yeah
1: yeah <laughs> uh, uh yeah i'm glad you said it the um because you, you knew you were gonna bring up porum uh in this the uh but yeah i i this is a JRPG thing where they don't let you choose your party. Right. Like it happens. It is worse here than four. Right. Like four is not blameless in that respect, but it is worse here in four that like you don't always have a good composition. Yeah. Um, But yeah, so the dungeon takes a couple trips. Mm -hmm. You know, I guess my point, like you're going to have somebody die, not really be able to get them back and then Mm -hmm. leave and teleport back.
0: Yeah. And uh, something that we haven't like stated explicitly, but becomes more and more of a problem as you go along. um, When you get like these, these roles for beginning uh, combat, like, uh, I forget the difference being like a surprise attack and an ambush, like which one is which. But like, there's mm-hmm. either, hey, you get an extra turn, or the enemy gets an extra turn. And most of the time that somebody died, or most of the time I was fucked over, was a time when like that was taken entirely out of my hands by having the enemy get an extra turn at the, yeah. at, the at the start of it. Like that is like that is a devastating roll of the dice. The, the numbers are just a little bit too high
1: right for enemy damage dice like i feel like their the amount of hit points they have is fine yeah they do a little bit too much
0: damage here yeah like you know like those hit points directly contribute to the time like most of these random encounters are done in two or three turns but yeah. like when you get those and when they get those extra hits that really matters for your side of it
1: So we, through this tower, once you get uh, further in here, you run into Rune. Uh and he is here and he's looking for the uh Psycho Wand.
2: <laughs> Guess uh,
1: Which is uh it's it's not Shaggy Hudope's dick. <laughs> it's it's a magical item in Fantasy Star 4.
0: Yep, that is specifically meant to uh, d- uh disarm barriers. Right. Yes.
1: Yeah. So we're gonna use this against Yo eventually. Yeah. But we have to do this boss fight first against uh, Guy uh Lag Lagula.
0: Lag- <laughs> Lagula? Yeah, hey, I Malagula? Mean, maybe I don't. I don't even know. Yeah, it's a it's a really hard fight. Um, yes, but I it's cannot little remember little weird, exactly like, what makes it hard. This is a bad
1: weird bat claw thing. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, the verb set is so limited. Like, what makes it hard is he does a lot of damage and can hit your whole party. Right. You know, like there aren't there aren't that many gimmicks to a lot of boss fights of JRPGs of this vintage. Mm-hmm. Um, he just does a lot of damage. So like, you know, you have to really again. Boss fights are serious from here on out. You have to pull out all the stops. Right. Um, this was the first boss fight where I, not everybody survived it. Yeah. Um, you know, some people would die and then I would be like, you know, be able to still kind of pull victory mm-hmm. from that, even though I cannot resurrect people. And if there's an entropic kind of uh, feel when somebody starts, you know, when your party starts dying, mm-hmm. you're much more likely to take damage and die.
0: Right. As yeah. you, go. you know, but winners keep winning. Losers keep losing.
1: Yes. Yeah. Um, so you have the wand, and then Rune says, "Like, no, 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 we before we do this, we have to go back to Alice."
0: Yeah, like, like the shit is serious right now. Yes. And so when you get back to the village where Alice is uh, kind of holed up, um, you know, Rune identifies the uh, the malady that is uh, affecting her as the uh, the black wave, and yes. um, this kills her. Like, there is a very uh, like so I saw this referred to as realistic like I don't know about this but there's a very grounded um kind of like death scene where like she says goodbye to people and then just kind of gives up the ghost
1: yeah yeah and then when she gets buried and everything like realistic isn't the right word but grounded is really nice yeah. uh especially um you know comparing it so now that she's gone right. like this is a good chance to camp out on, on Alice I think mm-hmm. uh the thing that um so final fantasies uh, have had characters die Right. Um, you know, it happens in four as well we as ha- like yeah. it, like it
0: never happens permanently except for Tella. Um but um but like Final Fantasy Four does kind of like tug at your heartstrings in a way that gets increasingly ridiculous when you have somebody like jumping off and like suicide bombing another you know, airship. Yeah. Right.
1: Just just to do like that's such a silly silly death. <laughs> right. Um so you know, they've had that and then you know the most famous uh video game death in history the Eris. Yeah. Um comparing the way that Fantasy Star does it the thing that Square doesn't have, I, I keep wanting to say it doesn't have the courage, and that's really inflammatory, but, like, <laughs> the games don't have the courage to make it have a mechanical impact.
0: Right. The same way fantasy Star games do. Right. Um, like, in 5, when Gallop dies, you're, you know, he's replaced with uh, his daughter. A
1: carbon copy of himself. Right, who, like, literally hearts.
0: picks up all of the, uh, the crystals that he drops and then is just, like, a different sprite.
1: And it's, it's, it's diegetic. It's fine. But that really makes me not care about Bella. Like <laughs> right. that's very, you know, because it's, you know, and I, I, I was up, you know, when I was young and played, it, I cared when Eris died. I cared mm-hmm. when the characters in Final Fantasy four died, mm-hmm. but fantasy star, the difference is with this death and with me in two is they make you feel it mechanically. Oh yeah. Because Alice is a badass.
0: Yeah. Like, like it, she will clear these random encounters.
1: She's so good, and it's so long before you even get the ability to consistently do damage to the entire enemy force. Right. And it's just gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in two, um, you start off with Rolf and, and Nee, and Nee is like this uh, monster girl he's taken in. She's with you in the entire game. She's really powerful. She's by you, your entire side. The same thing happens here. And when they actually take that away, you just feel it in every way that you can feel it. You know, mm-hmm. like, you feel it in a game sense as well, which is so much more powerful than just, like, a cutscene
0: right. kind of sense. Yeah. It just, I mean, like, it, it changes what you do, right? Yeah. And, like, you know, you feel the effects of, you know, a cutscene while you're watching it. And then whenever somebody says, like, hey, remember so-and-so. Like, Eris' death is kind of dropped in Final Fantasy VII until the very mm-hmm. end. when it's like, oh, you killed my girlfriend, whatever, or my waifu, or what have you. Um, Here... You know, like you think about it every time. You're like, oh, I can't. I just can't do that stuff anymore. Yeah. You know, it
1: actually it, it, it impacts like the part of this that is a game. Right. You know, and the other thing, Eris's death takes place uh, amid a thousand other things that are taking place. Right. Around the same time, like it's a big dramatic moment where a lot of things happen. Mm-hmm. Here, we actually just kind of rest on it. Yeah.
2: You know, like <laughs> totally. this this
1: was the impo- like rune like kind of is the player surrogate and kind of says like, hey, you know what? This actual the character you care about. Let's take a moment from this world-ending threat and actually deal with this.
0: Right. Because um, You get like,
1: the you get to put it behind you, and then you kind of feel it for the rest of the game. Like, mm-hmm. there's not any point in the game where I didn't want to have Alice's moveset mm-hmm. in my party, or have her, like, they make her really likable. Like, everybody mm-hmm. knows her. She's yeah. very funny. Like, they she, do a really good job of making it have an impact.
0: Yeah, she, she's incredibly competent. And again, you have that, like, kind of switch out, where, you know, again, whatever hero's journey, the, you know, the protege becomes the master, what have you. But, like, I don't know. It's uh, I, f- I forget what I was leading to here, but um, yeah, her 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 loss is really felt. It wouldn't it wouldn't work when you say the hero, the you know, the protege becomes the master. Like you
1: couldn't do this game and never have Alice not leave because mm-hmm. she that has to happen for Chaz's self actualization. Yeah, the fact that it happens this early on in the game. Yeah, um, is really really cool and bold.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I really really like the way Alice is handled here and, and the death is handled.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, for, for forgive me if I'm being cheesy here. But like they actually handle it in kind of a mature way, mm-hmm. you know, through this, like, you know, when Chaz is grieving, you know, and it's a you know, by chronological game time, like his grieving process takes about five minutes. But like Rune comes up and says like, hey, you know, like you can't let this stop you, you know, and says like, hey, focus on what Alice taught you, mm-hmm. which is kind of this weird you know like i'm i'm always going to be like attracted to a growth mindset in a lot Mm -hmm. of things but like you know like that that is i don't know like a like like a like a weirdly constructive way to process this stuff it's a thing
1: people actually say when people
0: die right you know like oh
1: what would you have wanted (laughs) yeah yeah so very very cool like i really really like it
0: yeah so it's a it's it's handled really well like in a, in a way that kind of like defies the presentation actually.
1: So it is a, and, and just, it is so hard. I again. I don't want to make everything turn everything into a comparison or versus, but like mm-hmm. playing this kind of series that nobody played and comparing character deaths and the way they handle it. Like, it just feels like, you know, everybody who like wept when earth died, like there are different ways you could have handled that. And there are ways that could have been handled better. Mm-hmm. And this is a good, good example of it. Yeah. So I really dig it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we have to save the world still.
2: <laughs>
1: and the, and actually, and one thing, and I don't dig about it, just moving on, is that, like, it does make the pacing changes. When things do get kind of light or shaggy dog mm-hmm. after this, it kind of undercuts that, like, <laughs> yeah. you know, do whatever else we've done. Because it's still a poorly paced and kind of weirdly plotted game.
0: Oh, yeah. Like, the you know, this game has about 16 different endings. Yeah. Like, the like the way that it goes. And, like, this could be, you know, it's it's a little bit like Wild Arms. When you get that first like weird yeah. credits scene, like okay, like this is the end of the first act, and it could have yeah. been the end of its own game, not Absolutely. like by by like playtime, but like just in terms of the complete story that it's of what told. you're doing. Yeah, like, like yeah, it's a little bit like Metal Gear Solid, where it just like you know or Metal Gear Solid Five rather, where there's like seven sequels built in to this one game. Yes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um. So eventually, you know, after dealing after mourning, uh, you had to nervous. Uh, which is the the serious first like real serious dungeon we've
0: dealt with too yeah this is long and taxing um and you know like if i talked about running uh dungeons twice before like this is this is very much like mandatory for this i felt like
1: yeah and running it twice takes a long time too it's not insignificant right at all so you're doing so to gain power and kind of grind up uh mm-hmm. because you're also you're missing a party member right yeah when I was talking about how you feel it when you're missing a party member you're doing this whole thing with four people mm-hmm. um pretty difficult yeah uh and you're fighting this boss who Trompt you uh at the end when you <laughs> fight Zio with four people. Right. You know, but the the difference is you have rune now and uh you can use psycho wand in battle to actually uh turn into a real fight.
0: Right. So like you actually like unlock the ability to do damage to him by uh by activating this. And again, it's hard to quantify like in a unique way why this is a really difficult fight. Like he does a bunch of damage to you. And yeah. you have to heal that damage while you're also managing to do damage to him. Like it's super simple as it goes, but it feels climactic. It like so dealing with Zio, who has been kind of like propped up as the main antagonist. This feels uh, analogous to uh, like the Magus fight in oh, yeah. uh, Chrono Trigger, right?
1: Yeah, yep. yep. Um, eventually, uh, you kill him, uh, which again takes a long time, many tries, um, <laughs> or at least a couple tries. Uh and he's surprised by this.
0: Yeah, like he uh, thought he was immortal. Like he was promised the ability to like never have this happen.
1: Yes. Uh and he instead blows up. And when we say these things that happen after these battles, they're happening in cool badass anime cutscenes, okay. to remind you. Yeah. Like they look really
2: cool. <laughs> it's
0: really sold. Um one of my favorite things and something that like never really came out um in the game itself, but when you like uh read about it, um anybody who is possessed by the uh by the black or sorry, the uh the dark force um like is uh transformed in a certain way and everybody's like left hand is always uh um tra- transmuted so like yes. if you pay attention um you know like if somebody's left hand is messed up it's because dark force is uh interacting with them yeah in a deleterious way
1: left hand path <laughs> um yeah so uh at this point demi needs to take manual control of nervous right uh because nervous is still flipping out <laughs> Um, and she says, okay, you know, there's still this sky satellite you guys need to take care of, uh, Zalon. Here,
0: jump in the shuttle. <laughs> to go up there and meet Ren, who is, uh, another one of these, uh, longtime companions.
1: Yes, he was, he's, uh, in Phantasy Star 3. Right. Um, which is pretty cool. Like, if you were playing the series, like, it'd be cool to run into Ren. <laughs> um, at this point, Grizz decides to take off. Yeah,
0: because his sister is a bigger concern. Like, he yeah, has he's gotten like, his revenge against Zio, and so, like, later dudes
1: which is which is great like yeah. it just makes like he doesn't just like stop saying things and still go along with the ride he's like no i did what i <laughs> needed to do and right. my my family's on this planet like i don't want to go to go to the space mm-hmm. um so yeah um this is a good place to hit some
0: side quests. yes because we're going to be leaving motavia for a while yeah um here um so these side quests are done through the uh through the hunter's guild you remember we killed that very difficult uh uh sandworm before mm-hmm. but now um like we have a lot of these that are just adventure game kind of things Like finding somebody's missing dog by luring them out with their favorite shortcake. Mm -hmm. (laughs)
1: Um, The the best one of this uh, my favorite section of this one is -hmm. this uh, missing student. Yep. One so there's this academy and a student has gone missing. Right. Um, And you kind of you know dig up like talk to people get some clues and it looks like they have been taken by a cult.
0: Right. And and the way that you win this is actually like deprogram them by saying like hey you've been deprived of protein so here's this very nutritious you know this this low protein
2: gruel. (laughs) Yep.
1: No 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 Zio,
0: no high five, man! Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I forgot about the movementarians. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, but you know you you, you feed this uh, you know the protein to them and they're like okay I've I've come to my senses um,
2: mm-hmm. and
0: and they are kind of like a like a, a straggler like a holdout in Kadari after you have uh, defeated Zio. Yeah. Um, there's one that's kind of like a, a standard when you go back to Earthquake Zone USA, um, called, it's called Fissure of Fear. <laughs> um, <laughs> there's a kid who's been, uh, who, who fell into the hole and you have to defeat the, uh, the ewes that, uh, that ate him. I love how trivial these tend to be. It's like not until the last two that the, uh, that the person at the Hunter's, uh, Guild desk says like, uh, or stop saying rather like, this seems pretty trivial for, uh, yeah. for a Hunter to take, but it's still here. Like go do this you fucking animal
1: well they pay really (laughs) well too yeah like they start paying incredibly well but they start out paying decently right um, you know Um, so you just go the kid uh, is in this combat dungeon this little optional dungeon and you fight this uh, this ooze yep yeah
0: the end Um, so you go to the spaceport and uh, you said okay I'm gonna leave this planet I'm gonna leave this world map and uh, we're going to go to Zelan and uh, solve these problems once and for all
1: Um, so we meet Ren, like we said uh, he he is the combat droid. We had our healing droid. This is our combat droid um, who uh, tells us that Zalan is actually no longer in control. Um, something named Curin, uh usurped
0: control. Yes, yeah,
2: so uh, if,
1: if you're getting sick of these nouns, uh, it happens when you're playing too. Oh yes,
0: it totally does. And again, like you're you know everything is built up as the uh, the the total solution, to all the problems and then to find out that we oh, need to you need, you need to go to something else that is almost identically named. It is yes. very like dissatisfying,
1: 100%. Yeah. Um, Ren tactically is pretty cool. Um, yes. he's another like kind of pure offense character, even though he eventually gets kind of a barrier spell. Yes, uh, that's worth using. Um, but his uh he has different kinds of guns that he uses, and they're either high damage single target or lower damage multi target.
0: Yeah. So Thanks. deciding when to equip him with what, and also keeping those items around <laughs> instead of selling them, uh, becomes kind of a primary concern. Um, you know, for how you manage your biggest damage dealer.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yep. Um, so you're you're trying to fly to Zalon but it doesn't quite work out.
0: No, no, because uh, even though Zio is dead, there are still these chaos sorcerers. There is still something uh, malign that is uh, that is influencing the universe. Um, and this chaos sorcerer appears, and you defeat him. But oh no, we're off course, and we are going to crash land on this frozen planet of Desolus.
1: Yes, which is where we're calling it for this episode. Yep. Um, that's it's only about a one third of the way through the game, but the rest of it is lots of dungeons and uh, out of control AIs. <laughs> yep. Um, and and fewer generalities, so we'll yep. uh, it'll be a bit faster.
0: So, um, do we have anything we want to say about kind of the first uh, the first portion of this game?
1: Um, I think the first portion of it is the strongest portion. Of oh, for sure. It. Um, the rest of it, I still I still like this game. I like a lot of the stuff that happens, uh, in Dazolus and characters and stuff. Um, but this is the uh, this is the coolest part which is i think it's hard for me to think of a 16-bit jrpg that doesn't have or a 32-bit jrpg that doesn't have its first act to be the strongest one yeah you know that's kind of a uh, par for the course but it's definitely true here mm-hmm. um but yeah we'll, we'll do wrap-ups uh, next next episode yes we will um yeah, so thank you very much for listening. If you uh, if you have things to say about Fantasy Star, it is too late. But if you have things to say about, what, uh, Team Fortress uh,
0: yeah. Yep, so uh, we're going to be doing uh, Team Fortress 2 is the uh, the next one. If you want to join us on those servers, uh, you already heard the uh, kind of call to action on that at the beginning of this. Um, but uh, go to duckfeettv slash tf2 to uh, to play with us. Um, usually it happens like in the evening on Eastern Time. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, that has been very fun. We have a, a server set up. We also have a Discord um kind of channel uh for voice chat which is very fun to do but yeah we mm-hmm. want your thoughts about uh tf2 for our yeah. five-year anniversary episode
1: indeed and we want your thoughts on toe jam and earl yeah yeah which uh we're also doing a genesis game it's a uh, it's summer genesis yeah summer genesis and then if we can sneak a uh, half-life 2 in there it'll be the year of the the uh, orange <laughs> box um
0: yeah uh, do yeah. we want to say what's coming after that yeah go for it uh yeah so we uh it's been a while since we've done a mario game and uh, both of us have been chanting at the bit to do Super Mario Galaxy. So after Toe Jam & Earl, we are covering Super Mario Galaxy for the Wii.
1: Absolutely. I'm really excited. Me too. I love Mario Galaxy. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is, a, you know, it's a Mario game that does not feel like just a regular version. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's different. It is, it is a 3D,
0: different. 2D Mario
1: game. <laughs> yeah. You know, like short level based kind of thing. Like it's going to be very fun. Yeah. Really excited to play that again. And it's, you know, it's also a masterpiece. Mm-hmm. So uh, I like doing masterpieces for the show. Mm-hmm. Feels good to be positive and it is fun to play good games. <laughs> it
0: feels good to play games that are fun. It
1: is, it does. Fun is good. Yeah. And and doing good things is also fun. Mm-hmm. Um positive is uh go. Scary, <laughs> um, so, are you okay? <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> if you uh, if you have anything to say about those games, hit us up at duckfeed.tv forward slash contact. Yep. We would love to
0: uh, we'd love to hear what you think. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, how else can they help, Cole? Well, Gary, um, we just got back from a uh, from a live show. We were in Austin, and you're going to hear about that um, in about a month and a half. We did a we did a whole kind of like uh, special talking about the experience. We recorded an episode about Punch Out, but we're only able to do that because of the generosity of our Patreon backers. Um, so, if you go to patreoncom TV, um, that is a place where you can kick us a couple of bucks a month and it enables us to not only do like new shows, uh, but also to uh, do stuff like go and appear live in places.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and just like keep the lights on. Yeah. So Like get new equipment, things like that. Like it helps in multiple ways. Um, also helps pay some rent, mm-hmm. which uh, that's great. It's yeah. really it's a huge deal. Like I like paying rent. Yeah. Otherwise, I would be homeless and living with my mom, <laughs> and uh, it would be worse. Yeah. So, so uh, uh,
0: like like Gary and I, we both get some measure of our income from this, um, mm-hmm. and that helps us uh, dedicate more time to it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, if you uh, you know, the other way you can help is iTunes ratings, reviews, uh, things like that. That's very helpful. Um, go to DuckFeed.tv forward slash store. Mm-hmm. Uh, DuckFeed.tv forward slash tip jar. Mm-hmm. um there are numerous ways you can take that cost varying amounts of money yeah uh, including the amount of money zero yep at the tip um, jar uh
0: you can uh buy stuff on amazon and uh we get a small cut of that and that uh, goes a long way towards helping us like cover our hosting
1: yeah maybe you're gonna buy uh one of these fancy new xboxes yeah that's how to do it
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: um yeah so uh yeah i think that's probably good I think so um if uh you know, hopefully, we'll see you next week for the continuation of Fantasy Star Four, and then a week after that with your responses. Yeah. So uh, until next time, what should they watch out for? Cole,
0: uh, watch out for the dark wave because that seems like a real shitty hand to be dealt.
1: It, it will get you. <laughs> You have never supported
2: Starpause. Starpaws. Oh my darling. (laughs)